0: How about that cigar? How about
1: that cigar, guys? Welcome to How
0: About That Cigar live from the Drew Estate Cigar Studios, episode number ninety-eight of How About Woo! That Cigar live. It is crazy that we're at episode ninety-eight already. Time flies when you're having fun, guys. We're so grateful that you're with us live on Facebook, live on YouTube. As always, take a second, share us out to your favorite Facebook cigar groups. Join us in the comments. Tell us what you're smoking. Tell us what you're drinking. We're going to have some great questions and and cool topics this evening, so we want you guys to join in with that as well. Uh, And let's talk to you about our special sponsor, as always, the sponsor of the studio, Drew Estate. And let's talk about the new packaging for the Undercrown line. This new 25-count design uh, is more compact and shelf-friendly, enabling premium cigar retailers more shelf space inside their humidors. These new boxes will roll out for all Undercrown lines, including Undercrown Shade, Undercrown Sun Grown, and the original Undercrown Maduro. Finally, and most importantly, all these classic Undercrown blends will remain unchanged. A decade ago, the staff at the Drew Estate Factory realized they had to reduce their consumption of Liga Pravada Number no. 9 cigars in order to keep up with consumer demand. These hardworking men and women in Esteli then created their own signature cigar to enjoy constructed with many of the same rare tobaccos found in Liga Pravada, the Grassroots Undercrown cigar brand debuted, followed by Undercrown Shade and then the Undercrown Sungrown. The new boxes for Undercrown Shade and Maduro are shipping now with Undercrown Sungrown soon to follow. For more info, please visit drewestate.com. So episode 98, 98, man, we're getting there. I know it's, it's, it's pretty crazy. We're, we're grateful. We're excited as always our viewers and listeners, you guys, you guys are the best. You guys are so great to stick with us and we just want to keep bringing you cigar stories and let people talk about their brands and stuff like that. And Garrett and I have a blast doing it along the way. So absolutely.
1: Yep. Love Um, all
0: the love. So, you know, with the NFL season being over, and, you know, pitchers and catchers are going to be reporting soon, if not, you know, uh, maybe some some folks already down in Florida and Arizona working on their working on their game for baseball. Um, you know, today we f- fortunately had uh, President's Day. So got a little bit of a, mm-hmm. got a little bit of a day off for some of us, not all of us, maybe. Um, but mm-hmm. the big kind of news story, and we'll talk to our special guest about this in a few minutes. But really the big news story that's cooking right now is the polar vortex. I mean, uh, we're up here in Minnesota, and Garrett Garrett and I talk about this a lot, just how the uh, you know you can have 100 degrees and 80 percent humidity in July and August. Mm-hmm. And then right now, um, late January, early February, or yeah, through February, it's minus eight. Mm-hmm. In in uh, as as John McTavish calls them freedom units, <laughs> he does. So it's it. minus eight Fahrenheit and uh, wind <laughs> chill of minus seventeen somewhere in that neighborhood. Last night, uh, the last night the temperature got down to minus twenty two. Uh, last week, sometime that it was down to minus twenty six. I think, yep. yeah. So wherever you guys are, I know there's a lot of places that aren't used to seeing snow, aren't used to seeing. Uh, these low temperatures, so, you know, we wish the best for everybody out there who's dealing with these circumstances they're not used to. Uh, I don't recommend coming to Minnesota right now.
1: <laughs> I, I think mm-hmm.
0: just, uh, mm-hmm. you know, if, if you're in Florida or, um, you know, someplace warm, stay there for now.
1: Well, and it's one of those things that uh, if you're not from this area, you don't uh, think of certain things. Like uh, today, my family, we took a trip about two and a half hours north, And uh, for a trip like that, you make sure you have things in your vehicle like uh, blankets and hats and mittens and emergency things. Because if you break down and you're on the side of the road or, you know, God forbid you get in an accident, Mm -hmm. not only are you uh, potentially nursing injuries, you are maybe fighting hypothermia Yeah, uh, within, you know not a long time <laughs> that's, I mean, it yeah. comes fast
0: and that's one of the things i think a lot of people in california or florida things like that they don't think about is in the winter here you have to have a roadside safety kit that includes like you said a blanket um sometimes a candle or um something like that because yeah you could
1: uh i mean that's when you want a llama
0: yeah that's that's when the llama comes in handy or a
1: tauntaun So I'm
0: lighting up a very, just a small cigar tonight. That,
1: look at that. Oh, So I,
0: I grabbed some out of my humidor. I grabbed some A-size cigars because um, our special guest, I, I, I don't expect that we're going to go extremely long tonight, but I think we might go a little bit longer than average, which I'm happy about. That's a good thing because we've got some cool stuff to discuss. Again, guys, let us know what you're smoking, what you're drinking along with us in the comments section. Um, and let's bring on our special guest of the evening for Episode 98. And as always, guys, on How About That Cigar Live... Our special guests are brought to you by Corona Cigar Company and CoronaCigar.com, the Internet's largest and easiest to use virtual cigar store. Corona Cigar Company offers you the the finest handmade cigars, humidors, and cigar accessories at the absolute lowest possible price. You'll also find unique and limited cigars containing Florida sun-grown tobacco. As a proud American... President and founder of Corona Cigar Company, Mr. Jeff Borshowitz, believed it was possible to bring cigar tobacco farming back to Florida. At Corona Cigar Company and coronacigar.com, you'll find the best selection anywhere in the world of cigars containing this special Florida sun-grown tobacco. If you live in Florida or are just visiting, be sure to visit any of the great Corona Cigar locations in downtown Orlando, Sand Lake, Lake Mary, and also the Davidoff of Geneva Lounge in Tampa. For more info, please visit coronacigar.com and floridasungrown.com. So, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, welcome, please, to episode 98. Put your hands together. El Oso Fumar takes himself. Bear Duplissy,
2: welcome to the show. Uh, gentlemen, it is an absolute pleasure to be joining you tonight uh, from the comforts of not in my normal studio confines, nor am I going to be smoking tonight, unfortunately, but. Uh, Because of the uh, the wonderful weather that you decided to, uh, you know, send down from uh, the nether northerest regions, (laughs) uh, uh, we're uh, we're we're in we're enjoying a little bit of a cold snap here. So uh, um, it's uh, it's officially uh, about uh, five degrees outside, which I shouldn't be complaining because it's like minus one for y'all right now. Eight minus eight. Oh, excuse me. the hell was i thinking but uh no but it's uh it's it's pretty daunting down here in texas you know i've uh you know my family and i've gotten extremely lucky and uh we've had we had uh we've had power um we have heat um and we have water and it does something that some even some close neighbors around me don't uh don't have so it's uh it i gotta tell you man it's uh Facebook is an even scarier place than it normally is seeing all the stuff that's going around out there. But, uh, yeah. no kidding.
0: Yeah. It's well, and, and I was grateful that, that you were able to be on tonight. Um, because like you said, there's a lot of people around you and a lot of people in areas that aren't used to this kind of weather that they don't have power. I know a lot of people in, in Texas who don't have power right now. Yeah, um, we're grateful for you that you have power and you're able to keep the heat on and things like that. Um, but man, it's, uh, it's a it's a rough time right now for for a lot of people that aren't used to. I mean, five degrees for the Dallas Fort Worth area is like the apocalypse. <laughs> I mean, I mm-hmm. don't. Has it? Are you? Is it record lows that you're that you're hitting? That's what they're saying. It's
2: record lows. So that's, um, that's
0: unbelievable.
2: I mean, I, I've seen I've seen that weather before, um, but it was when I was traveling a little bit further up north. Um, no, but uh, I mean, what I am st- somewhat grateful for for the time being is that uh, the the snow is actually snow and not oh, ice, yeah. which, is, which is technically typically what graces us uh, down here in the Lone Star State is the is the w- wonderful ice conditions. Um, we um, <laughs> uh, we don't know how to drive on ice. Uh, <laughs> neither
1: and,
2: do we. Yeah, neither well, do we. No, and I've heard that comparison before. Like, oh, no one can drive on ice. Well, yeah, but you guys have proper equipment, That's and true. you guys are used to it, and y'all don't do it. And uh, yeah. uh, you know, people down in here just think that it's like they they can, or it makes them more of a man or something. I don't know, man. But it's it's pretty nuts. I mean, last this is before everything hit. Last week they had uh, a seventy five car pile up on you know in mm-hmm. thirty five, and you know yeah. eight, eight people died. You know, it's just yeah.
1: No oh, man, we should really get Al Roker. When we, we should we
2: get al roker on the show yeah, yeah absolutely we should talk about more cheerful shit that's what we should talk, right <laughs> that's that's what we should talk about <laughs> well we got a comment I mean, here
0: from our friend luciano so so brother we're glad to have you watching yeah. along with us this evening uh, and, and we thank, thank you for you. your time and love that man love love you to death brother sure. um thank you so much um so so bear uh, we're sad that you can't smoke along with us tonight uh being in the house and all but uh tell us uh you said before we went live you were going to pour yourself a glass of whiskey so what do you have there
2: well, so I, I grabbed not only a whiskey, but I grabbed a, a, a fellow, a fellow uh, sponsor's glass. You know, Drew Estate kind, kind is so kind to uh, to bestow uh, some uh, gratitude our way, um, and so I decided to pour one in the League of Provada glass here. Nice. Uh, by the way, new de read. You guys got ahead of me this time. Like I was so grateful when Joe put out a new press release, and I was like, oh, I can stop reading about the Siri Bauhaus, which I'm a story totally about. <laughs> Same here, dude. i totally stoked about the the Bauhaus. Really excited to try the cigar. But, you know, like, you know, I I just, I I like variety and there's the spice of life. And uh, so I was really excited. And then you guys got to read it first. So, but hey, at least I got to witness it. So that's fine. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Well, and I'm with you because that read was not easy. The first, the first time I, and Garrett can attest to this, the first time, (laughs) actually like the first two times I did that read, I got so tongue-tied that it sounded like gibberish it was it was terrible the first two times i did that read the
2: league of the league of provada series, Bauhaus. yeah oh yeah man i you know I, I i liked reading it there was a lot of emphasis on like syllables and uh some like you could get really you could get really you could have really a lot of fun with it no but i poured i poured some buffalo trace uh thought I'd go go back to a classic uh get a little bourbon in me and uh i've got some sparkling water here uh that I know that Garrett and I uh, share an affinity for. So, um, I got lime today. What do you? What do you? What are you doing? You got some soda. What you? What you drinking on Garrett?
1: So, if you guys don't know, if you know, I I do not drink anymore. I've been sober almost twenty six years, and this new uh, hop by Lagunitas is a refreshing beverage enjoyed yeah. by all it, it is, is good
0: i like i like it and i don't usually like stuff like that but it's really good it is so good it's basically it's hot water, right it's yeah. basically
1: yeah yeah like a hop water carbonated it's bong water it's totally bong water
0: <laughs> it's carbonated bong water
1: and uh matt uh like he you know he's doing the a's and got me a jacob's ladder now i have not had the okay. jacob's ladder a um and i and i the said brimstone to matt,
2: the brimstone right the, the brimstone, brimstone yeah yeah presidente
1: yeah so i said to matt you know i'm glad i had a big dinner and he was like i don't think it's as strong as you know as the regular size ones and i think the figurata
0: hmm, was stronger
1: oh you know we'll see we'll see, we'll see. i'll let you, you know Feeling about- it already oh no no okay yeah well, that's good um <laughs> But I just want to say it, it. It's Bear. It's great to have you on. Uh, for those who don't know, Bear was our very first guest, That's guest. right on this show, and we're honored to have that as a cornerstone moment for How About That Cigar. And yep. it's always an honor to have you back. If you haven't seen that episode, you know just search our How About That Cigar YouTube page or Facebook for that first video, and you get to see. Um, kind of the intro to to Bear the the origin story and all that, but thank you, Bear, for for joining us again.
2: Oh, guys, it's absolutely my pleasure. I I'm 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 stoked to be back. Um, you know, um, I think it's it's just been it's been incredible incredible to watch and witness and to have like an own like our own similar like kind of lateral journey together. Yeah. You know, we've we've had some similar guests. We've, um, you know, I know that I know that you've taken stuff from my interviews. I know I've taken stuff from y'all's. That we've learned mm-hmm. about each other's guests and be able to yep. explore and, and use. And it's it's been a lot of fun. I gotta tell you, man. I, I I say it to my guests every week, and I was, you know, I always say like that. It's such an honor to sit you know, across the across the way from somebody, you know, and learn just a little bit more about what makes them them
0: yeah mm-hmm.
2: and that's kind of the model of my show is that i you know i know you guys get into it as well but like the model of my show is is you know i, I don't really get into too ma- too much rapper binder filler i mean i can nerd out on that shit as much as anyone <laughs> as much as you guys i mean mm-hmm. we, we love that stuff i mean we have text com- text message conversations be like oh man <laughs> this is hey did you, did you really taste the the um the condenga in that, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure there's a, I'm sure there's a little bit more condenga in that than. I said. I, at the same time, I, I, as much as I nerd out about that, I, I really love, I love the story behind the story, and that's kind of what my show's yeah. about. And I, I really like talking to these people. I had the privilege of talking to Dean Parsons, Epic Cigars. Uh, I know you had him on as a guest as well. Um, mm-hmm. I had him on on on, on this um, not this past Sunday, uh, the Sunday before last, and. It was really, I mean, there's some really cool, really. He has a, I mean, he has. I even said that night, not to be too punny, but he really does have an epic story.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely.
2: Yeah,
0: yeah. That was Super Bowl Sunday, wasn't it? That he was on. Yeah,
2: mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Right after the right after the Buccaneers uh, closed out the, the 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 mighty Chiefs of Kansas Kansas City. Yes. But um, did you guys know um, he was the very first black police officer for in the city of New Brunswick
0: I didn't know that yeah I, we, knew, we knew he was a cop yeah um, yeah I don't think that ever came up and wow
2: yeah because I mean it was like it was like, and I even I prepped it I prepped him beforehand because um, I, I I wanted an asking him question and I was like Dean I and I've I've had one conversation with Dean before this I said Dean I gotta be honest with you this is gonna be the hardest question I've ever asked anybody because it's but i'm just i'm just too interested i'm just too interested in your perspective not to ask it it was really difficult for me to ask him um especially not knowing him very well and but i just thought he, i thought his perspective would be so interesting he's canadian he's black yeah. and he was a cop yeah and there's just so much there's so much discourse you know positive negative you know so much controversy around you know social injustice you know right now and you know the black lives matter and blues lives matter and all that and i just i you know i had to get an understanding from him especially and the fact that he's technically a foreigner you know being from canada so mm-hmm. it was the hardest question i've ever had to ask. and he was very like and this was before the, the show and i asked me we kind of dived into it he's like and he was very open about it and i mean he didn't say anything terribly controversial or anything he was just saying like, you just have to be understanding and yeah. Just, like more compassion and it's just stuff that you like the three of us talk about all the time. Yeah. Um just sincerity and compassion and I think that, you know, if honestly if there were more more people like that, I mean, I think that I think that the temperature in the room would cool down quite a bit. Um
3: mm-hmm. but yeah,
2: he's a going guy, really enjoyed it, really enjoyed our conversation. Um and man, he just um God, what a what a tale. What a story. Yeah, there's, I love it. Tons of I mean, people that. There. there, and yeah. there's so
1: many stories. Of yeah. I mean, not only these brand owners, but you know, um, it, it, like all the families, the the farmers, the factory workers. You know, there are an an endless amount of stories for us to yeah. get into. And I love you know what you said about how our journeys are are kind of in parallel. Of you know, um, it, what an awesome ride! And oh yeah. And how cool it is that we get to do this! I mean, how many times did you see like Broca and Cronkite together? You know, or you know, two other. I'm not trying to really compare us to Broca and Cronkite, (laughs) but um, you know, you don't see media outlets. I've met some Broca, but you know, did you? Yeah. Oh, nice. Did you like uh, handshake type of thing, or did you? Were you able to
2: converse? Yeah. Handshake uh, converse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the day, yeah. And this is. and it's kind of hard to imagine, you know, we're going into our, you know, you know, 11th month of COVID, but yeah, handshakes happened. I re- I remember them. I don't know if you guys remember them, but I remember handshakes. I do remember <laughs> handshakes. I remember the word. I miss, yeah. I, rem- I miss hugs. Um, <laughs> miss no, um, <laughs> no. Yeah. I uh met Tom Brokaw um, and uh, Bo- Bob Schaefer is a, is a, uh, um, a, an alum of the school. I went to college. He went to TCU. Oh, nice. And so uh, they when I was in school, they renamed the School of Journalism uh, after him. So the Bob Schaefer School of Journalism. And uh, I was a sports broadcasting major. Interesting enough, the sports broadcasting uh, major in field was not in the School of Journalism, believe it or not. I know it's kind of weird. Hmm. Uh, yeah. But um, but yeah, they had a whole s- s- coast of amazing folks. And uh, Tom Brokaw was one of them. Ah, uh, we had a great conversation, uh, and uh, he actually gave me his phone number. So yeah, I have Tom Brokaw's phone number. Let's Whether it's still him. valid, let's let's still, right it's still valid or not, but
1: <laughs> start texting him. Like,
0: <laughs> yeah, he'll totally reply.
1: Totally. <laughs> remember, remember. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: do the, uh, the
1: the Chris Farley show. Chris Farley.
0: <laughs> so bear when. Uh- um, you you mentioned that you 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 just talked to Dean and and you've um you know we're obviously halfway through February already so um there have been a few guests already but you know how uh, obviously 2020 was a crazy year 2021 is you know there's a little bit more of the same you know things aren't back to the way the world um used to be yet um, but how is how is 2021 getting started for you is uh, just you know from uh from a, a personal and family standpoint and for el Oso fumar takes how how are things getting rolling for you as the year uh, starts starts along
2: well I, I mean I think that uh, i I think like others, I was kind of under this, this, even though it was like self-realized delusion that like once the clock turned over to 2021, like things were going to get better. Yeah. And, and, and for the most part, I think they have, you know, I think every week I think we're hearing more and more positive news. You know, I think we're, we're, you know, we're slowly, we're slowly getting there. You're, you're seeing people post with vaccines, vaccines. You're seeing, you're seeing people in the industry travel more. Um, you know, you're seeing more events at shops and things like that. And, you know, it's, it's slowly starting to get there. Um, I mean, your own, you know, you know, one's own proclivities aside to, you know, what they're comfortable with. You know, I think that varies from person to person. And that should be respectable, uh, respectful school, excuse me, respected. Um, but um, I think that, uh, you know, 2020 was a really interesting year for, from, from our perspective, right? Because, we had the opportunity to talk to a lot of guests and a lot of people that we normally wouldn't have access to, or Mm -hmm. it would have been really difficult to book for guests. And so we got to bring some pretty awesome exclusive content to our listener base Mm. uh, in our audience. And I think that was, I think that was probably the funnest part about this. What was really exciting too was, and I, and I heard, I heard mixed reactions from, and I never actually. This is funny. So I guess I can ask you these questions, but get your get your perspective on this. But um, I had conversations with a lot of other fellow cigar media folks, and there was this like mixed reaction about like all these pop up de facto quasi you know podcasts turning out. You know, with yeah. all these brands were starting to launch their own stuff and these own broadcasts and and um, you know, they were just making themselves more available and there were like these online herbs and all this other stuff. And it was, um, I got really excited about it because so many people were diving into our arena and I didn't see it necessarily as competition because one, I knew eventually, even though we, here we are a year later, right. One, I thought, you know, eventually it's going to, things are going to go back to normal and these people aren't going to have all this time on their hands. Yeah. Um, but who's going to be left. I am.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Coop and Loomis and all, you know, all the guys right there, you know, of course can't forget our friends at, uh, you know, at cigar dojo, you know, smoke night live. I mean, that's been going on forever. So, I yep. mean, we're, we we are we're, we're going to still be here. And when people are craving that content, <laughs> still, we're going to still be churning that out every week. Yeah. Yep. And, um, and it allows us to. It allowed us also to. I mean, we were getting invited to these things too. And so we, you know, we were allowing getting more and more access to people. I mean, it never in my mildest dreams did I ever think it would be as easy as it was. I know he was a guest of yours a couple of weeks ago, but um, pretty early on, I buy, I booked Michael Herklotz. Yeah, and you know, Michael's Michael's a tremendous guy, and and I know he doesn't like me anymore because I don't like Chevy Chase, but you know. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I wanted, I wanted on the record, I wanted on the record that Bear brought up his name before
2: Garrett and I did. Yeah. True story. So I'm, that, proud I'm proud of you, you guys. That's I figured you. y'all would have introduced me. Like we had a, we, we and, you know, good evening. From how <laughs> about that cigar? This is our guest Chevy. I mean Bear. So we had a we had a Chevy Chase free zone here
0: until you brought it up. So we that's
2: <laughs> Well, wow, wow. I'm proud of you guys. Um, now. No, but I, I i mean, I never in my wildest dreams what I thought that I could have got in someone like him and so easily. Um, um, And, you know, I had him, I mean, I had just like, we had a run of just incredible guests. Like early on, we had, you know, we had Skip Martin, Abe Badman, Michael Herclotz, Glenn Case. Um, I had several panel shows in a row there. Um, we went. Um, so a bunch of B-listers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We- then, then, then we, then we, I mean, we had some really other, we had some really great guests there too. in uh, during the, like the early summer and spring, some really great shows. Um, Tom Lazuka father's day episode was freaking awesome. Um, I mean, just a great read James Brown story. Oh yeah. That's an, you want to talk about another epic journey to you know, yeah. Dean, Him and Dean could like swap stories for like two <laughs> weeks. Absolutely. Um, You know, Klaus, you know Kellner and I have always done a you know, a summer show and and but then Steve Steve Saka got on and you know Nick Melillo, Charlie Minato, you know always a good always a good great great conversation with Charlie. Yeah. Has, has Charlie been on your show? I can't remember.
0: He has. He was on a, on a uh, panel a panel show with mm-hmm. uh, it was uh, Charlie Skip Abe and John McTavish. That's right. That's that was, right. That was a, a oh incredible gosh. show. Three so fun, three hours, and uh, it, it was hilarious. And we could have and, and We could, yeah, we could have okay. gone another two, three hours. It was, it was a lot of fun.
1: Yeah.
2: Uh, the thing I really, the thing I really like about Charlie is that uh, he's just so he's so unapologetic mm-hmm. that you just have to respect it. And if you if you don't, it's like okay. But but why? <laughs> like, yeah. And, but but he's so open to having that conversation with you too. It's like, dude, I totally disagree with you. That's that's just that's just balderdash.
1: Yeah. Like, well, um, he explains himself so mm-hmm. well, you know. So what he believes, you know, it, it comes across. Um, I, I don't want to say arrogant, but um, but firm, qualified, and, but qualified, and he backs it up with. You know, um, a a good long, I mean, that dude should have been a politician.
3: Yeah,
0: he's got, the thing about Charlie is I, I was, in my mind, I had a, and realized this later, I had a vast mischaracterization of Charlie in my head. I did too. Based on what I was told by other people, and that's on me for not actually getting to know him, doing the research and finding out about who he really is. Yep. And the dude is not like the, he is completely unlike the way that he is characterized, in my opinion. He is, he is, he is not like the, the, the unfortunate caricature that some people put out there about him. And, and I think he's a great dude. So
2: i mean i th- I think so too um as far as just like just insight and just the the relationships that he's built in this industry are just like are incredible mm-hmm. as well and um you know he the thing again the thing about Charlie that I think is so interesting in particular is that um he he just kind of he just kind of it, it, kind of like all of us kind of just fell into what we do yeah and I don't know mm-hmm. if it was, I don't necessarily know. You know, we kind of joke about Aaron Loomis not liking anything. Like, <laughs> I think Charlie could also kind of be filled with that too. Like, I, you know, there, I think Charlie is so, I think he has deeper loves than things outside the cigar industry, but he yeah. does it so well. Yeah. And, but to his credit and to his point, he never, He he never fakes that either. Yeah. He yep. never fakes enthusiasm. And we actually even had that discussion. Like, dude, have you always been this even kill? Like, it's like, yeah. <laughs> that's it. and, yeah. and he said, yeah, I mean, for the most part, you know, like I watched and I even brought this up. I saw a video that he did on the beach of the Dominican when he was um, a kid. And when I say a kid, he was 19 because uh, he started doing this when he was pretty young. Like he was not of legal drinking age and he was yep. sipping, so, sipping s- some rum Smoking some La, a La Aurora Periferito while yeah. down at the uh, La Aurora factory. Yeah, and he sounded exactly the same. Yeah, that he does now. It was crazy. I was like, "Oh my gosh!" Like that's it's like consistency over the yeah. over the last decade, just of of nothing. Because a lot of people don't realize how young he is too, and right. all all that he's accomplished.
1: Right. Yeah, well, he, and he still looks
0: fifteen. He still does look very, very young.
2: Well, fuck you guys. I mean, Matt <laughs> Matt still claims that he's like you know some ungodly age that I know he's not really. So it's true. And to be- and, and Garrett, you guys too. Like you guys were talking about how you guys were smoking cigars during the cigar boom, and I'm like, here I was in middle school. I don't believe you guys <laughs> for a second.
0: <laughs> well, if we we'll, we'll we'll talk about this in a little bit, but if. The PCA trade show happens on the date that it's scheduled to happen on. The first day of the PCA trade show will be my 50th birthday.
2: Why do you got to lie like that, man? I know. It's unnecessary.
0: I know. know. With your Pavarotti beard. (laughs) So that actually brings us into um, kind of some of the meat of the stuff we want to talk about with you tonight, Bear, is, you know, kind of. What what would we as cigar media and and honestly, for cigar media, I think everybody in cigar media has their own style and their own approach to cigar media, and I think that's a good thing because when we have different approaches and angles and and things like that, I think we get a lot better variety and and you know to use your your term, uh, we get different takes on things from different people, and I think that's a great thing mm-hmm. and it's all about approach um, is Garrett and I approach it um, as a, as a sort of hybrid of information and entertainment. And uh, I believe that, that people like coop and Charlie and uh, obviously the people in, in uh, print media, they approach it from a very journalistic standpoint. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think, That's also a great thing. And people like you, you, you approach it from a a humanistic storytelling standpoint Mm -hmm. and all those approaches together, I think give, if, if we, if we spend a little time looking at the different venues of cigar media, we'll get a really rounded view of, of the premium cigar world. So One of the things that I told you we were going to be talking to tonight about is some things that we would like to see as cigar media and also as consumers, because I, I tend to, I don't like to check my consumer hat at the door. I tend to always still at at least have a little bit of a lens of consumer when I approach a press release or, or an interview or anything I try to always at least keep a little bit of a one foot in the consumer pool so what is, what is one thing that you would like to see in 2021 from cigar companies as a whole
2: that's a great question and
1: more Lanceros I'll help you! I'll help Don't you. Don't start the Lanceros. If the you're base.
2: gonna if you're gonna steal my line, then what the hell is my point? Being oh. here? Oh. I didn't know we were Lanceros. Oh, we're we're not, Garrett. I was just gonna say. Oh. if I was Garrett. I would say more Lanceros, but now it's not funny because you already <laughs> said it. So um, you stepped you stepped on his touchdown call. Um, no, I. I like Garrett, Garrett and I are like minded that way. I, I love a good lancero um, you know hashtag gordos or Vitola's too, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Lanceros are much better. Um, no, I, I think it, that's a great question, and I, I think I, I think it's honestly something that that I'm, I'm, what I'm, what I'm hoping as I answer this question, what I'm hoping is that cigar companies actually have given a lot of thought to this question as well. Like, I hope they had year-end meetings in 2020 or year-beginning meetings in 2021 last month. And we're like, where are we going from here? And mm-hmm. it was a sincere question that I hope got answered with a degree of seriousness. Yeah. Because I, t- I tell you what, um, there are, I think there are a lot of companies that really, really came out of 2020 shining. And really did a service to not only their consumers, but actually to the cigar consumer and for the cigar community in general. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, some examples of that are McAllister Cigars, uh, Drew Estates Cigars, um, Alec, uh, Alec Bradley, uh, Perdomo. Um, you know, I think, you know, I think what Skip and Mike Rosales did with Roma Craft considering you know skip came here brought you know uprooted his family came back to the united states and then couldn't get home yeah what what he did you know you know with his company with that i think is, is to be commended as well and you know he had his weasel fest that he had to completely postpone as well that that, I mean, that was going to be a huge event for for them and a culmination of a great you know, of a great history and that they've had with the cigar industry so far um, Jeff Borswitz is another person, you know like he, he, and actually Jeff Jeff kind of is a headline of all cigar retailers like, you know, Jay Davis, Blue Smoke he's one of my, I know he watches your show he watches my show uh, mm-hmm. Mike Peacock, the, the Michael Tobacco where I work um, I mean, and all the numerous retailers that You know, I could we could spend the rest of the night listing off and everything, but I I think that what they were able to—the reason I mentioned Jeff specifically—is he he was not only battling staying open uh, in one location, he was battling and staying multiple in multiple locations. And Florida was such a wild west with this. Yeah, it wasn't like the state of Texas, you know, or other states where they just made statewide calls about certain Mm -hmm. things, and you could maneuver your way around it. You know, he had county city ordinances and even like in some cases, I think one case he had like a a specific like district yeah. policy that he had to adhere to or, or try to figure out. It's just goodness gracious, man. Um, mm-hmm. I want 2021, I want cigar companies to, of 2021 to look at the success stories of 2020 and double down on it, mm. figure out a way to really engage with the consumer. Because the answer to the answer to 2020 and the answer to the COVID pandemic is not going back to business as usual. That's going to be a big part of it. That's going to be a big part of it. But they have to be empathetic and sympathetic and understanding of the fact that there are people, their consumers and their customers that aren't going to be ready to go back to what normal is. As much as even some people, including myself, are screaming for it craving for it they're just going to be people that aren't ready
3: mm-hmm.
2: and
0: and we can't force them
2: yeah and nor should we be able to but like at the same yeah. time we have they are they are their customers right and they so they yeah. need to be able to the the answer is not business as usual it's a it's a new business as usual how do we engage yeah the way that we used to and this new way for the time being. Cause it's going to take a while, I think, before we can fully go back to the way that life was, uh, even, even post vaccine.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with you. And that was one of the things that I thought about when I was making notes for the show is, you know, for you have your show, we have our show, there's cigar dojo, there's, um, uh, coop there's. Um, I mean, there's I'm I'm losing track of all the shows. The, the no, Matthew Matthew Tobacco KMA. and KMA and uh, Cigar Prop and and there's a lot of venues out there and we really and I'm not going to speak for any of them, but speaking for for how about that cigar? It's having a guest on the show for us is is really about a platform for the guest to. Tell their story, and it's same. And, and I know a lot. That's a big part of it for you as well. You dive into more of the, um, you know, the the person's, uh, you know, the human, the human end of the story. For us, it's you know the stories of of their history and their brands and their blends and things like that. But one of the things that, and you you hit the nail on the head, bear. As far as um, these brands needing to learn from twenty twenty. And continue that into 2021 as far as using the venues that are available to them. And knowing that and I, there are a lot of brands that have started their own media platforms. And I think that's a great thing. I think it's wonderful. But at the same time, I don't want them to feel as though they have to put all this time, effort, and money into building this platform for themselves. When we have a platform here for them that this is why we created it was for them to be able to come on here and, and, and tell their stories. And we've been grateful and fortunate to have so many fantastic people on and we'll, we'll, continue to do so. But we, we want them to, we encourage cigar companies to look out there and find those venues and those platforms where they can keep telling their stories without having to invent their own, their invent their own platform. Then they can focus on their customers and their products and and their blends and their their branding and and their sales and those things instead of having to worry about you know do the microphones work this week and is the network connection good enough to host a stream and stuff like that you know mm-hmm. I want them to be able to focus on the other stuff so that and let us let us worry. That's why we're here. We are here you know to do that and it's uh, it's we consider it a privilege and an honor and we want. We want people to, you know, use us for lack of a better term.
1: Yeah. And I also, <clears throat> I I would love to see the cigar industry really get a solid united front um, with, you know, be it the, you know, including the PCA, the um, Cigar Rights of America, for, uh, I mean, the legislation piece is important, but also more general public education. Um, I don't know what that looks like, but I feel like if we are going to avoid turning into a Canada or a UK, um, we really need a big united front of education everywhere. Yeah, General public, um, the House and the Senate, uh, local and national, you know, um, that's my hope is that this year off has been able to, um, kind of help take that. And with the delay of, you know, um, the whole regulations, the FDA stuff, be able to take that time. Cause you know, they're coming back. They're going to come back with something. Mm-hmm. The cigar industry has to be ready for that.
0: Yeah. And, and that, so, 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 Bear, what are your, because that kind of leads into the cigar organizations part of the conversation. You know, what, what do you think the, the, the future needs to bring? Not, not what will it bring, but what do you think the organizations need to bring to the table this year?
2: Well, there, there's one other thing I'd like to add about where, where I think the cigar industry needs yeah. to, kind of go and then and then i can answer that question part two Uh, you know so one of the one of the things that you asked me about my show in 2020 and and one of the things that i i kind of haphazardly not haphazardly i I mean i put a lot of thought into it and and and, and i started back on my birthday episode um where i had john carney uh uh will cooper and uh and miguel Shadell on uh to just kind of celebrate my birthday and you know it's like "Ah, that's my party and i can have whoever i want to we just (laughs) we just kicked it around but um one of the things i started that night was this concept of this concept of charity and uh i you know so every week since then i've been asking my guests um who um do they want as um who who do they want to bring awareness towards who they want to raise money for in an effort to kind of again humanize these the, my guests and, and spotlight what they find to be important. Yeah, and it's it's been it's been really great. And since then, like other people have reached out, like uh, non cigar celebrities and non brand manufact and brand owners and manufacturers have reached out to me, mm-hmm. talking about charities that they've really do- dove into because of what you know because of my show. Just this, this little this little thing and. And one of the most powerful ones is, and I've had him on several times. And he's a man froth with, with um, you know, charitable contributions and philanthropy is kind of like the, the, the part of his soul. Uh, and it, it's a it's a man that we you you the three of us know really well. His name is Lu, is Luciano Mireles.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, Ace Prime. He this man is <laughs> that's kind of the that's kind of the, the, I I don't think I can come up with a better expression. I, I mean, charity is 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 his soul. He, yeah. He's looking. He's always looking to do more, and um, and he was he was messaging me this this story about that kind of led to him starting this found this foundation for the Nicaraguan people. And he was just telling me all about these stories about these people who are just living in such in such poverty, um, and it's just really 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 sad. He felt just so moved by it to and now he has a foundation. Now it wasn't because of my show or anything like that. He just that's 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 Luciano. Right. Mm -hmm. If you've met him for 10 seconds, you you know what's really important to him. You know what a priority what priorities are to him and everything. But it I I I mean I sincerely hope as a side note to what I was saying about earlier about 2020, I hope that cigar companies kind of kind of and and there are tons of them. You know, the Cigar Family Charity Foundation, Fuente, and and that does and I mean just countless charities. I, I know that everyone does. I just want them to bring more awareness to it.
1: Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. Even our last, you know, Henderson um, from Adventura, um, he does a a charity cigar, too. And, I, you know, I'm with you. I hope that catches on and more not only brand owners but more industry leaders uh, continue to pour back into the communities that really need it. And uh, you're right. I love it.
2: Well, and, you know, you're smoking one of the cigars, like Robert, you know, Robert Holt, you know, that's half his stuff is Mm – charity yeah Yep. like i mean it it's just it's there and there's and there's tons of, like i said there's tons of stories in there. like we, we could go into you know we could go into we the hours of morning naming everybody but like i just hope that they bring more focus to that because i think there's a lot and people are you know people are going to be looking to um to pitch in once you know to pitch in and help and i think that's i think that's what 2020 learned us if i could use a <laughs> terrible terrible grammar um i think that's what we were taught in 2020 is that, that that we can we can give more we can give a little more peace of ourselves yeah mm-hmm. um, and really do a lot of good with very little absolutely amen to um, that That's absolutely true so pca and uh, pca and cra huh <laughs> <laughs> and go <laughs> 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 lifetime member of cra speaking here proud proud to proud mm-hmm. to be it um I was so excited when I got my lifetime badge, uh, it was, uh, something I wanted for the longest time and had the ability to do it in 2020. And, uh, so it was, it was pretty, it was pretty stoked. Not going to lie. Um, that being said, um, I, I've always been, I've been, I've been very critical of, of Glenn, you know, God love him and, you know, not speak ill of the, of the former director, of CRA cause he is now no longer the head of that organization. But yeah, I've been very critical of, of Glenn and, and, uh, and very critical of, of, of Scott Pierce, the executive director of, of CR of, of PCA. And um, we've had really great discussions. And I, and I, I think of both of those men as I, I, I think we're this close to being friends. <laughs> <laughs> and i don't think it's cuz i'm hard on them i think i just want to i want to realistically display what my relationship is to those but i think what's really great about my relationship with both of them is that we can d- disagree on such a on such a high level and it's such an you know <laughs> vehement position on things and 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 walk away with respect for each other yeah um you know i i've i've told i've told it to glenn i've told it to scott and i've told it now to joshua hubersky who is my guest a couple of weeks ago um, on my show. And I said, you know, I'm going to tell all three of you, honestly, that this, I think you guys have done a good job. I can't say y'all have done a great job because a great job would constitute, you know, ultimate victory and exemption from premium cigars. And well, that hasn't happened. So (laughs) keep on working boys. So, um, and I think they have, I think they accomplished an enormous amount of good in 2020 I think I, I think to think otherwise would be absolutely foolish but to, I think to Garrett's point to to think that we won something is also foolish
0: it is foolish Amen. yeah
2: Um, we've got so there's so much fight to there's so much fight to be had because at the end of the day you know what judge Amit Menta and all his fairness and what all he said was absolutely true and man I read that decision once a week just to cheer myself up <laughs> For all those words and for all that it will help in the short run of the cigar industry, at the end of the day, the average person on the street, you can pull them aside and say, tell me what you think a premium cigar is. And the first words out of their mouth are more than likely going to be words like nicotine, bad for you, comparisons to cigarette, Mm -hmm. comparisons to vape,
0: danger to kids
2: danger to kids
0: all things that are false
2: yeah when the truth of the when the truth of the matter is is that the only common denominator between cigar premium cigars and other tobacco products is just that is tobacco but they don't talk about the other things surrounding it and there's no understanding of that and it's not it's not it's not people's fault mm-hmm. it really isn't <clears throat> The fault's in two places and one can be pointed away from us and the other one can be pointed right at us.
1: Absolutely. Yep.
0: Yeah. And the,
1: the, 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 the
0: breakdown comes in my opinion, the, or the, the, the failure comes and this is on our end, the premium cigar end. whether it's media, CRA, um, PCA, uh, the, the failure comes at, not recognizing and owning up to our own failures of communicating the right message. And I don't, I, I don't think, I think they have at, at times, the PCA and the CRA, I think they have at times communicated that well. But I think there have been other times that they have, they have really missed the mark, in my opinion.
2: Oh, thousand percent. I mean, you want to talk about something that I'm still livid about? I'm still I'm still in a, like I, I know like hindsight's twenty twenty like hindsight's twenty twenty, and like there's people who are like, Barry, you need to let that go. And and I actually did. I didn't <laughs> go after Joshua Bursky after it, even though I could. Um but T twenty one still bangers the shit out of me. <laughs> still does. Yeah. Yep. Here we are a year plus removed from it, and I'm just like we overnight. Overnight, the world let the misconceptions about what we were just talking about a couple seconds ago. the misconceptions about our industry flood the national psyche into thinking that that dumb kids doing dumb things with dumb vape was the same thing as premium cigars, right? and
1: how fast
2: that went
1: oh yeah it was a light
2: with, bolt with no with no with no oversight no yep. discussion
1: no resistance very little resistance
0: at all mhm no well no i'll say no official resistance there was resistance from the boisterous few in cigar media and cigar yep. and the cigar industry but honestly from is- from cigar regulatory organizations Real talk from cigar regulatory organizations. The pushback on T21 was virtually silent. Yep.
2: Guys, it's worse than that. And 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 him, I can say this because him and I actually went at it on my show about this. We agreed to disagree about it. It's basically what it came down to. But Abe Zababna was like, you know, a very prominent person in this industry. Doesn't have a problem with it.
0: Yeah. No, we've we've talked about that with him as well.
2: Yeah. And... And this is something I couldn't understand. I was like, Abe, you're a businessman. You're a brilliant businessman. How do you let someone overnight take, f- call it 4% of your business, 3%. How do you let someone take 4% of your business and you okay with it? And I've heard this conversation about, oh, it's the, it's the bigger battle and the greater good and all this other stuff. And you can't fight a battle on multiple fronts and everything. I'm like, fine.
1: Even really a fight there wasn't a dialogue there wasn't there wasn't due process
2: right i i, I agree like listen if 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 you want to throw all those metaphors at it that's fine but put up a five put up something because the, the truth of the matter is is that the pca actually released a statement uh months before uh, i think even actually a full year before t21 went into effect about it was when t21 started really gaining some steam in other states and everything and PCI PCA actually put out a statement saying that they um uh, very I mean I mean it was like the quietest quietest of admonishments saying like you know we're we're looking into this but you know we we stand by we stand by you know the law and we'll be you know our our members which you know retailers will you know adhere to 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 the law just as they always have and yeah I'm like wow the, the most innocuous response in history to like you know the 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 theft, yeah, of four percent of your business, like. Yeah. Well, and my my biggest
0: gripe when it comes to T twenty one, honestly, and I I know I shouldn't categorize, but it, mentally I always do categorize. My biggest gripe with T twenty one isn't necessarily the twenty year olds comfortably living in the United States um, wanting to purchase a premium cigar, but can't. My gripe is the, the, the 18, 19 and 20 year old men and women who are serving in uniform overseas um, in a, de- in a deployed area. Uh, in many cases in a, in a hostile environment that at the end of a, uh, at the end of a, a three-day-long stint getting shot at or, or at the very least getting, getting aimed at can't then go back to barracks and a 20-year-old soldier can't technically, I mean, according to the law, I'm, I'm sure they don't police it as much there, but according to the law, cannot sit down and fire up a hand-rolled premium cigar by law. That burns my ass to no end. I can feel it. It's it's hot.
1: <laughs> you know, and that's an argument that's that's been uh, since 1980 when the drinking age went from 18 to 21, 19 to 21 in some states. But um, I still think that, um, you know, this whole 18 versus 21 debate is you know are you an adult or are you not at 18
0: right it's one or the other which is it yeah is it. adult or not that's exactly the point yeah that's exactly the point
2: what it so if you're li, listen if we want to make listen if we want to make legal age 21 I, I that that i really don't care that if you want to make if you want to make people adults at 21 in fact that was part of Abe, abe's argument right Like, you know, people are 18, aren't mature enough to make decisions. Okay, fine. If they're mature enough to make half the adult decisions, but not half the other adults decisions, Mm
3: -hmm.
0: then
2: make it 21. Yep. Make it 21. Yeah. You know, but don't sit here half cocked and say, well, for these things, you're an adult and for these things, you're not an adult. Like it, that doesn't, that doesn't make sense. Not only that, does it not make sense, but it's also insulting. Yep. It's all, I mean, I mean. It really is just a huge insult to an adult.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: To Matt's point, okay, yeah. See, Coop Coop argues against me with this on this point because I I talk about people in the armed forces all the time. He said that it it should apply to everyone, and I don't necessarily disagree with that point. And Coop doesn't have any problem. Let me be clear: Coop does not have any problem with people who serve in the armed forces. Uh, He has the same amount of respect for them as as three of us do. But absolutely. How can you say? For, forget about their rights, and you know they've earned it, which is one hundred percent true. How can you say to a man or to a woman, you can you can choose to die for your country? That's your right as a person. You can choose to make that decision. You have the innate Adult responsibilities to sign your life away, essentially, because that's what you do when you go into the military. But you can't buy a legal product.
1: And I'm going to take you a step further. You have the rights and the ability in an act of war to take another life. But you can't enjoy a premium cigar or have a beer
0: yeah yeah in my opinion it's backwards and and i agree with coop that and others who uh, (laughs) when i say this i don't mean that the law should not be applied equally i do believe the law should be applied all laws should be applied equally whether you're civilian soldier Male, female, black, white, gay, straight. I don't care. The law should be applied equally, but there's just there is there is something that chaps me wrong about thinking about uh, thinking about a soldier who could get some kind of stupid fine for sitting down at barracks and firing up an Alec Bradley or a Rocky Patel or a Fuente. Or a, a Drew Estate, or an Ace Prime. It, it, it bothers me more than it bo- and I, I think it, it should. should bother everyone. So, Bear. Um, so, full disclosure before, because uh, I want to continue with the PCA discussion. But full disclosure. So, how about that cigar, which is part of a, a company formed called HBT Media LLC? has not renewed the PCA membership for 2021. I'm not saying we're not planning on renewing that membership. I'm saying as of today, right now, that membership has not been renewed. I'm not going to go into the reasons why I haven't renewed that membership. But part of the reason is uncertainty about the organization's direction. And um, what I really want and I believe has been lacking from the organization, and this is as a newer, young media company that we have. I mean, we're two years into this, but also having been fortunate enough to sit down and interview Scott Pierce on this show before and interview glenn loop on the show before and talk to alan rubin who's extremely active in in legislation and and talk to jeff Borschewitz a couple times who's extremely active in legislation and i i just i'm concerned about the overall transparency of action that's coming from the pca i genuinely am concerned about the transparency and that, has, that is one of the factors that is giving me pause before I contribute money to that organization to, to renew the membership. And um, I just want more timely communications from them. I want more transparency about what's being discussed and decisions that are being made in the background as far as direction to take with legislative efforts. And I don't think we're getting that. I don't think we've been getting that for the last couple of years. And I don't even fault. I don't directly fault Scott Pierce for that at all. Um, uh, if, if I'm being honest, I, I put more of the onus on that on the board of directors. But what are your thoughts about the the level of transparency that we're getting from the PCA?
2: I, I don't think that there's anything about your 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 thoughts and position that I don't necessarily disagree with. I think that the I think trans I think their transparency is, uh, has been a problem for uh quite some time. Uh, I think it kind of goes back to it goes back to even before you know the whole cigar con thing and and uh, even the name change and things like that. I I, I do want to digress for a second on on this subject just to not to. You know, not to, you know, not to to lay a, a, you know, a path of just like least resistance here or anything like that, or just make it make it sound like I'm, you know, hammer them and then give them a compliment right before. But I, I think we do have to recognize that you know there was a lot of frustration with the PCA about the cancellation of the trade show and uh, myself included in that. And uh, and the truth of the matter is is they just were contractually just not able to discuss it. They couldn't. It, it would put the whole thing in jeopardy. We would have been on the hook for thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars that we that could have gone towards the fight. And so, in you know, retrospect, I, I appreciate their silence on it. And I appreciate that it didn't leak because then it could have been a huge problem for us, right? Um, as an industry, not so much as the trade show. And that's very self-serving and that's very narrow. That's very narrow-minded um, of a lot of people, including myself, included in that. Like the, the, the criticisms, the criticisms right here too, because I was. I was pretty at the time I was pretty I was pretty disappointed in them. Um, that being said, I think that there it, there are a lot of scenarios that are similar to that where they're just they're just not able to be as transparent as we would all like. And um, that's incredibly frustrating because we don't understand it. And they also it's incredibly frustrating because we can't understand it because they can't talk about it and they even when they can talk about it, it's like, oh, well, that makes sense. Well, that doesn't help us out in the moment, and it doesn't help us out. <laughs> you know, it doesn't help us out um, now. And you know, we talked about we talked about transparency, right? And um, they made it. They made a genuine effort at it. You know, when they had the furloughs, I mean, there was a. I mean, uh, I was not in attendance, Matt. But I, uh, to my understanding, I know you were, and you were actually, um, un unknowingly and involuntarily. Uh, thrust into the the middle of something uh, that that was my understanding about that. Well, it was,
0: it was voluntary (laughs) because I spoke up, but it was, so there was a call for um, Scott sent out a, an email saying we want to have a call with cigar media. And um, we had that call and um. I was I was just kind of dumbfounded by the fact that we sat there for the first ten minutes, maybe fifteen or twenty minutes, listening to uh, a tirade about one particular media member getting chastised for uh, apparently not following the rules about releasing information which i'm not going to even get into and i didn't then either i'm not going to get into whether it was right or wrong that that wasn't the point of my speaking up and and i i didn't plan on saying a word in that meeting i just wanted to sit there and listen but after long after a long enough time i I was just kind of sick and tired of it because i thought to myself, why. And it wasn't just for me; it was for all the other people who were dialed into the call. I'm thinking, why am I sitting here for the last 15 minutes listening to you berate somebody for an action that you disagree with them taking when you could have had that conversation with them privately? That if it 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 it, it, it just reeked of of uh, it it oh. I'm going to be in so much trouble for saying this, but I'm just going to be honest. It just felt very petty and unnecessary for that forum. If you if you have a problem with something that somebody published and the way that they published it, you need to talk to them about that privately. It was as though I felt like any of us media organizations, by by what he was doing on that call, I felt like any of us media organizations at any given time could be called in front of class and yelled at for not being a good boy. And I thought it was completely uncalled for and inappropriate for that forum. And that's why I spoke up. And then the call, I don't think the call lasted more than five more minutes. Or if it did, I, I, I logged off. I honestly don't remember how it ended, whether I logged off early and just said, I, I don't have time for this. Or something. But, and, and I, I don't always necessarily make the, make the best decisions in the moment when stuff like that <laughs> happens. You know, sometimes I let my, uh, my temper get the best of me. So I, I may have been a little out of line on that one. I'll, I'll, I'll completely own that. But it just seemed like it, it, I thought to myself, if this is what, if, if this is, if this is, oh, brother, here we go again. You if need this, a Luther. If this is what my money is going towards, and a, and a PCA membership is not cheap. I mean, in the grand scheme of things, for some companies, it may be pennies. But for for a tiny little media company like How About That Cigar, it's a lot of money. And if my if that's what my money is going for, is for me to sit and listen to somebody get get yelled at in front of the class, I don't have any time for that. There's a, i have more important things to do in 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 the premium cigar world than that and it, it really bothered me and and that's one of the things there are many other aspects to it but that's one of the things that's giving me pause to whether or not that is something that i want to invest that money into in 2021
2: well i think that's i, I think that point is well taken i, I and this isn't this isn't to sit here and, and, and necessarily bash the, the PCA. Um, And that's not what you're doing. And and that's certainly what I'm not going to do either.
0: No, and that's not my intention. I hope that it's not not clear, but, but I'm
2: not, I'm not covering for you either, Matt. I think, I think, I I think you're uh, obviously still very upset about the moment. Um, You know, and I think, I think that speaks to the moment that it was. And again, not to, again, not to be an apologist, but I think that's where I think where the emotions were really raw uh, for everyone that day, um, yeah. and the, the person speaking included that. And I gave an audience to both um, to both the you know director Pierce and uh, the 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 media person that he was that he was speaking to. I don't feel comfortable necessarily talking about. Yeah, anything.
0: I don't want to I don't want to that.
2: But uh, but the but you know Jay Davis is is in the chat right now. And he was talking about that what what Scott Pierce has done for communication. And, and, yeah. and I, I will echo that. I think that, I think that the communication that the PCA has dramatically increased, can it be better? Absolutely. And that's what we're talking about right now is that their transparency needs to be better. Yeah. Uh, I think that, um, I think that there needs to be, there needs to be better discussion. I think there needs to be more, openness and more inclusiveness. I think more people need to be involved in the board. I think it needs to be more than just about the retailers. It is a retailer organization, but I think that the retailers have a, have the relationship that retailers and manufacturers have need to be more than just a trade show. Yeah. I think that retailers uh, need to give, need to give um, brands and manufacturers a voice on that board because we are an industry that needs to move forward and what affects one generally affects the other. Yeah,
0: and I will, um, I'll say that uh, – I'll echo a point that Skip has made before. Uh, I think he made it on our show once, and he's made it on other shows as well. Scott Pierce has a thankless job, and Scott really has a very difficult job. And I do believe in yep. a lot of aspects Scott has done a hell of a job yep. because that is, that is one of the toughest jobs in the cigar business is being the face of the cigar regulatory organization. And I, 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 I'm not, I'm not bashing on Scott. I just, I want, um, in, in a way, I think there are ways that, um, different, uh, different facets of the cigar industry can work together. Like you said, Bear, different facets of the cigar industry can work together to, to make the PCA better and to, um, be, because things are moving so quickly when it comes to regulation and and all that, and with with PCA, I know that um, with everything going on since since uh, a year ago, with, when COVID got rolling, the uh, you know the FDA and and the government in general have bigger fish to fry than the. The premium cigar industry. And I understand that. And, and that's in a way, that's a good thing because it's taken, um, I don't think the bullseye is necessarily on our forehead anymore uh, for now, but like Garrett said a minute ago, we can't just consider that a victory and say, okay, we won. Let's, let's go, let's go celebrate and move on. Uh, we have to be diligent and part of diligence moving forward is in my opinion there are so many aspects to the premium cigar industry that go beyond the the old guard in the board of directors and the old guard in the leadership and and i think those avenues need to be explored i would i mm-hmm. would applaud the pca if they were to explore those avenues some more of getting getting different and different perspectives and voices involved in the in the the goings-on of the organization so
2: i i I will say this though um listen yeah you you guys can you guys can absolutely make any any decision that you want um but I, i i firmly believe that you should that you should renew your your membership Um, I mean, keep in mind that this isn't just about, and you can disagree with the direction that the PCA goes and like, what's your money going towards and everything, but the money's going towards the fight. And, uh, and it, it, it is, it is a, it's a very, like you said, it's a thankless job and it's a very, and it's a very, it's very, they're very frustrating. Um, but at the same time, like what we've seen. Um, from people like pete johnson who just donated fifty thousand dollars yeah um you know and that's a that's a man that i know has had his 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 what and his beefs but i remember having a conversation with him about uh, cigar con for example and he said to me he's like bear i support the industry yeah so how do you feel about CigarCon? Bear, I support the industry, and he wasn't being tongue in cheek. He right. wasn't trying to be funny, and he wasn't trying right. to be smug. He was being he was being a hundred percent sincere.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: And I'm and I
0: I agree with him, and I agree with you. And and I have again, I have no plans on. Uh, it's it's really just been a, a pause for 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 me and Garrett to kind of reflect on what the organization is doing. It's again, I have, there's been no official final decision made saying, absolutely not. I'm not going to support the PCA. It's just a pause to really look at what is going on, find out what is being done. um, Because it's again, for a small media company like ours, it is, it's a, it's, it's a, Significant it's, investment. A significant it's a significant
2: investment. investment. Yeah,
1: no,
0: and, 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 we, and we want we want to know that that the, the money coming from our investment is is genuinely um, going towards um, support, like Pete said, supporting the industry.
1: Yep, and advancing the industry. Yeah, um, I want to go back to you know education. I know that you know through the CRA and even the PCA with legislative. You know, elbow rubbing and all of that is needed. It's kind of how the game is played. But on another front, until the public can buy in and not see premium cigars, we're going to have legislators who are looking to their constituents to see, you know, how, you know, how, what their voices are. And if their voices are still stuck in tobacco is tobacco and it's all bad. Then it's kind of a lateral movement. I want to see more general public education. And I think a lot of that starts with the consumer who can help to educate their sphere. Um, And that's, you know, that's where I want to see some efforts.
2: No, and I 100% agree. And, and please don't mistake me. I'm not. I'm not calling y'all out. Uh, oh no,
0: yeah. To do
2: something out, outside of what you believe to be, you know, consciously right or wrong. Um, I, I, like I said, I'm just encouraging um, to. And 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 I totally understand where y'all are coming from on that. You know, Gary, you and I are like minded in this, and I think that I think that education is something that is really lacking. It, it you know, just as just as Matt got fired up about, you know. American servicemen and women, and believe me, if you wanna, you know, if you wanna, if you wanna trigger me to use a, you know, use a, a twenty twenty word, uh, just, just, just start disrespecting the armed forces, or talk to me about the VA and the the lack of the lack of healthcare that our veterans receive.
3: Mm-hmm. Um,
2: I mean, yeah, if you wanna get me started, uh, that's yep. the easiest way, that's the easiest way to do it. Um, yeah. y'all, y'all, y'all think y'all think I get you know, fired up when we mention a certain actor's name just a <laughs> certain throw throw down the gauntlet on uh on the on veteran services and and uh and the VA and the Americ the healthcare for uh the healthcare system for our veterans. Um but as I digress, the 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 education is is something that you and I share a, a very a very strong opinion about uh Garrett because I think that that is that is something that I just I don't I don't understand. I don't understand how, how smart people, smart people can see a cigarette and a cigar and say it's the same thing. I don't get it. Yeah. I don't get it. I also don't get how, I also don't get how, um, how the premium cigar industry also loves to, um, talk about, talk about weed so much <laughs> and talk, excuse me, marijuana, cannabis, What's the, what's the, what's the PC term? Cannabis, I guess. I, I, um,
0: have
2: no idea. <laughs> <That's> and, <laughs> and, and, and they're like, yeah. And they talk, they talk, well, like, well, uh, blah, 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 blah. And you know, the that I mean, that's a great point. Like why, why are, why can people smoke weed in some, you know, some county, some city, some town, some places, but you can't smoke a cigar. Yeah. That, that I don't get it either, but I, that, they need to stop having that argument. It's not. It,
1: <laughs> well, it's like your five-year-old saying Jimmy down the block gets to play with,
2: right? you know,
1: exactly.
2: come on. <laughs> Yeah, Jimmy's parents. Jimmy's parents bought him a tricycle. Well, <laughs> yeah. Jimmy's parents can go buy you some cannabis too. So you know, <laughs> yeah, get off my lawn. Um,
0: <laughs> off
2: my lawn. Yeah. So no, I, I just it drives me crazy. Like, can a dip premium cigar packaged in an ornate box, like? you know, you know, actual burnt in branding, like covered in tissue paper labels that are embossed with gold leaf lettering case of Sebastian decoupé. He actually puts gold leaf on his fucking cigar. And you're telling me that that's the same as Copenhagen.
1: Tobacco's tobacco. Right. And
0: that's the, that's the argument that, um, and I, uh, We've talked about this before. That's the argument that goes into legis- into all anti-tobacco legislation is, is the whole tobacco is tobacco thing. And it's done so not out of spite against the premium cigar industry. It's not done so out of spite against premium cigar smokers. It's done so out of laziness and apathy. People who, people who write legislation against cigarettes and chewing tobacco and vape include cigars because it includes the word tobacco. It's pure laziness. And the, the reason Garrett and I talk so much about uh, casual consumer education is if the, if the person who only smokes one or two cigars a week could even talk to one person in their circle of friends and family who are not tobacco users at all, and just get across the the truth of the of the fact that premium cigars are completely different than other tobacco products. They're they're made differently and they're consumed differently, marketed differently, marketed differently. All of it. If 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 the casual cigar consumers can get that notion across to even one of their non-tobacco using friends or family that would make such an incredible difference in legislation i think it would and i may be just that mm-hmm. may just be a pipe dream in my head but but i think people who vote for this legislation need to that's the number one thing they need to understand is the difference. And that will get us so much closer to the exemption that we all want.
2: 100%. I mean, I think that, I mean, I've, Coop and I have had an open invitation to uh, Matthew Myers, you know, the president of uh, tobacco free kids to come onto our podcast anytime he wants. Yeah. I mean, I I relish the day that I can actually ask him in a face-to-face conversation, like, Hey, you're president of a, very prestigious uh, nonprofit organization that wields incredible power, you know, from a lot, you know, from a lobbying standpoint, you know, for our American seat of government. And you're sitting there, you, you can honestly sit there and tell me that you, in your honest opinion, believe that a premium cigar is the exact same thing as a cigarette. Mm-hmm. You think it has the same, the same danger to your children, to mine. I just, I just don't get it. Yeah. I, I just, I, 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 and I've hated, look, I've hated some stuff in my life, guys. Like, you know, we joke around about a certain actor, right? I've hated certain things, but I just don't think that my hate has ever blinded me so much to some things that are so obvious.
0: Right. Right. hmm Oh, good times! Yeah, I love I love talking about legislative matters. It's, me too. Really puts me in a good frame of mind.
2: Got it. Do you have any more of that hop water? <laughs> <laughs> Let's get something refreshing here.
0: So, um, actually, yeah. Before we go into our our next segment, um, I wanted to ask you: um, Is there a particular cigar in your rotation lately that you have found yourself reaching for a lot?
2: So this isn't like notable smokables. This is something completely just like just No, this food. is just
0: something it's not one particular notable. It's it's a cigar that you over the last I don't know, let's say let's say 1 to 3 months that you just find yourself saying, "I got to smoke another one of those because they're just they're really hitting me in the in the right spot right now."
2: Other than my other than my number one cigar of the year from last year?
0: Other than your number one cigar of the year from last year, which remind us what that
2: was. Uh, that would be the uh, La Barba, um, La Barba uh, Ricochet Crumex Ricochet of Gran Robusto. It's a mouthful, but it's awesome.
1: Good it cigar. Is, it is so good.
2: Um, no, I think the, the cigar that I've probably been really gravitating towards is um, – there's a lot of them, but um, the one that i was spoken the most of is probably uh, the Dissident Rave. Oh, yes, Ooh.
0: yes, that the Connecticut.
2: Connecticut that Ben and James did. That yeah. that cigar's fucking money. It is. I mean, it's just, <laughs> of, it's it's so good. Of all the, well, so definitely
0: of all the, the latest releases from Ben and Dissident from uh, Oveja Negra, you know, the, the rant, the rave, and the... Tirade. Tirade, thank you. Uh, the rave is my favorite. And the rave, and uh, it's it's kind of a shootout right now as far as all the dissident facings, whether it's the soapbox Corona or or the rave Toro. It's it's honestly, I mean, I mm-hmm. didn't think anything could knock the soapbox off its soapbox.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <sighs>
3: <sighs>
0: that was terrible. Sorry, I, I apologize, Ben.
1: Have a good night, everybody. <laughs> Have a good, good night, everybody.
0: But but. <laughs> The rave is good enough that it could it could knock it off the 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 center pedestal for for my favorite of those those lines it's really really good
2: but do yourself a favor buy some tirade and sit on them for like six weeks
0: oh okay yeah I I smoked them I smoked them right away so
2: okay a months. all right yeah they they uh, I found that they they just need a little bit of time to rest a mm. little bit. 'Cause I had that same opinion, like uh, like it was like it was like rave, rant, tirade for me. And I let so in that note I had some tirade and I just kept going back to the rave and um and then I let some tirade sit for a while and then I grabbed it and I smoked it, and I was like oh. that after I've been, been like in my humidor for like six weeks, and I was like, damn.
0: Yeah. And I agree, I, and I want to. I'm going to put Jay's comment up. Distant Blackworks doing some solid work. I agree, Jay. Mm-hmm. And I, Jay, I want to thank you for you. You've been really leaving some very thoughtful comments um, yep. tonight about the the legislative discussion, and I just want to tell you how much I appreciate those comments. It. Yep. Uh, I. I. I uh, it's something I'm still learning about, and I want to learn everything I can and and form. Mm-hmm form my views based on, on, uh, you know, uh, you know, the things that I learned from, from solid people in the industry like yourself. And, um, I think the most important thing we can do is listen to everybody and, and, you know, get, get the facts directly from the PCA and the CRA and, and, and solid media individuals like bear and coop and half wheel, um, to get the, you know, the scoop on what's really happening and, you know, form our decisions based on that. And, um,
1: Emotionally so, charged em, yeah, reaction.
0: I, emotionally charged reaction is usually the best way to that go. That is. No. <laughs> Just do it all based on feelings because that's always the best way to go. I yes. I don't um, know about
2: you guys, but I, I make my most uh, thoughtful uh, decisions when I'm in an emotional state. So, absolutely, oh, yeah. absolutely. Yeah.
0: Or when I've been drinking heavily. Those <laughs> are the best times to make big life decisions. Yep. <laughs> Oh, so I think is
1: it I think I think so.
0: I think it's time. It It is is time for this week's
1: Numero Numero
0: de los Muertos. And guys, as always, Número de los Muertos is brought to us by our friends at Smoke In Cigars. So please visit smokeinciars.com to find the great prices and selection that they have on your favorite premium. Brand. So, Garrett, mm. what do you have for us this week?
1: Mm-hmm. This week, I have an occupation. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, you got a new job? Well, I, I mean, <laughs> so it is an occupation in the United States that claims 37 lives every year on average. That is a 15 year average.
2: Thirty-seven lives,
1: thirty-seven lives,
2: and people still do this for a living.
3: They
1: do. Okay, how many years
2: have they done? Fifteen-year average.
0: Fifteen-year average. A brewer. Ooh, no! And as always, viewers,
2: it's pretty high. But leave
0: uh, leave your guesses in the comments and guess along with us. So, occupation in the United States: thirty-seven lives per year over a
1: fifteen-year average.
2: Is it considered white-collar, blue-collar, or? Uh, blue. Blue-collar.
1: Very blue. Like I would
2: say it. Sanitation worker. Was that it? Wow. You're welcome. Shortest segment in fucking history, gentlemen. Right there. <laughs> that was. That, I think that's the record. Give, give Abe a refund for his money on that one, guys. <laughs>
0: I think that might be the record. Garrett's like frozen.
2: I don't have
1: speechless. any words.
0: Wow. wow, that was impressive. Nailed it. That was impressive. I mean, I don't
1: w- nailed it. <laughs> that is awesome.
0: Well, I—I I mean, usually this segment takes a little while, so let's yeah. listen to some intermus- intermissions. <laughs> Refund.
3: <laughs> yeah
0: normally that segment takes a lot longer than that
2: speaking of music like you guys got a new theme song that opened we, up the show.
0: yeah we we uh we started when was that
1: uh three months ago i want to say like october
0: yeah it was a while ago so it's just a little intro just uh i don't know get people pumped get people the pumped show. up for the show
2: fired mm-hmm. up um, mm-hmm. so except for the 37 sanitation workers that died last year yeah because
1: <laughs> i love dude. it oh you're never coming up show
2: again <laughs> <laughs> oh, it took, it took me almost 100 100 episodes to get back so maybe. that was
1: oh, i love it that was so
0: i gotta wonder then the breakdown of of you know the specific causes
2: do you have that info so, uh, um, Garrett's got shit tons of info. Cause he was like ready for go to go like 15 minutes with this. I know. <laughs> yep.
1: Well, I, I'll tell you, um, a quarter of those come from accidents in like, uh, driving accidents in, in the trucks. Um, uh, the other like, uh, 50% happen at the actual facility. Um, and then uh the other twenty five percent, I hate to, to, to guess. Yeah. You know. But uh getting crushed inside the truck. Oh.
2: Oh. Yeah. Yo. That's mm-hmm. sad because I mean, like, you know, everyone who like I mean, we're old enough. I mean I mean, you guys saw the original like Ninja Turtles movie, you know, with like Elias Coteas when he was case yep. you know, yeah. Jones.
1: Jones. Yeah.
2: The shredder couldn't, you know, the, the fucking garbage truck couldn't kill a shredder. But. Right. I didn't see that.
1: No, I'm with you there.
0: That was. I was already. Yeah, uh, I was beyond. I, I.
2: Well, according to you, Matt, you have like a kid that was probably right for that age at that point, right?
0: Yes, <laughs> actually, I I do
2: actually. A complete farce and a lie, but we'll <laughs> roll with it for the time being.
1: No,
0: sorry, that's 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 after my time.
1: I do like uh, Chad's guess, though. Computer programmer, <laughs> right? Is that what yeah, Chad? Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. That's solid.
2: It's stressful <laughs> as fuck. So
1: <laughs> we always uh,
0: at at work whenever we would, uh, um, whenever the team would go because because Garrett and I both work in IT, but for different companies. But at, anytime with my company, if we would, if some of the IT people would go out for lunch somebody would joke and say hey let's order some drinks and we said no 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 it's not a programmer's lunch
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah that's true that's funny i think the um, what's interesting about what's interesting about that that statistic is that you know, it, or are already statistic that has to do with an occupation, right? Like there's still people like, I mean, let's talk about, let, let's get, I mean, just to take it back for a more serious notch again, we are talking about armed services, right? I mean, those are people who willingly put their life on the line, you know, the yeah. first responders mm-hmm. and things like that, you know, you know, but I mean, to that point, to no small measure, I mean, you know, you know, sanitation workers are, 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 you know, like a, a very important part to not just any city or town, but to the city and town's health yep oh yeah that's right and you know and you know it's you know like any industrial job or any blue collar job there's some dangers to it and like so it it, it's you know thankfully it's 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 a low number like 37 but that's still that's still relatively high i mean it's not like there's a lot of people that are doing that job
1: yeah and it's a thankless job it is a thankless job
2: well no not if you're my son like my son will run out you know every tuesday morning He'll, 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 he'll 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 get really excited when they come by and he always waves and thanks them. Oh, nice. Yeah. That's awesome. I, I really encourage that. Cause he, he just, he just thinks it's, he just thinks it's the coolest thing ever. i might like, never lose that son. Cause.
0: Yep. Yeah.
2: I think somewhere oh. along the line, we'd lose, we'd lose kind of, we kind of like loser of, I don't know. We kind of like lose that, that childlike adornment to like the simple things like, right. You know, it's like, so, so like when, when did it, when did it, when did sanitation get below us? When did it become something lower? You know, not saying the three of us yeah, like personally and stuff, but I'm just saying like, as yeah. a
1: existential like, question. Yeah.
2: yeah. When we were kids, you know, we used to think that that stuff was just the shit and we were just yeah. like, Oh, like, Oh my gosh. Like, so when did it be too good for us?
0: girls, just... girls,
2: girls. Yeah. Blaming, on, blaming yeah, on the women, folk, huh?
0: When, no, when we well, when we started to when we started to uh, shift oh, hey, our shift our interest to girls, oh, a lot yeah. of those simple things that used to be wondrous were were sort of like uh, I'm not interested in that anymore. Look at the look at the pretty Do you see girl that? over there. Do you yeah. see that over there? <laughs>
1: that's probably. That's Cover trucks are cool, but that is awesome. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so that was this week's. Numero de los muertos. Oh, where's the music? There it is. Numero de los muertos. As always, guys. Thanks so much to our friends at Smoke In Cigars. So, Bear, we wanted to talk a little bit, and and I sent you, uh, sent you this about some of our favorite gambling movies. So, and gambling is mm. kind of cool because it can take on, you know, gambling can take so many different forms, you know? And so what are, what are, let's start with your first on your list and these don't have to necessarily be an order of, of, you know, you know, worse to, worse to, to best, but what's, what's your, what are some of your favorite gambling movies?
2: Okay. So if there's no particular order, there's some, yeah, there's some that I can definitely throw out here. So, um, My, one of my, one of my, just, I love this movie. I think it's awesome. I think it's hilarious. I think it's really well acted. Um, you know, it's got, you know, James Garner in it, who I'm just like Mm. a big fan of. Um, I think he was a great, he was a great actor. If you ever want to laugh your ass off, watch, um, watch, watch my fellow Americans with him and Jack Lemmon. Oh Uh, yeah. That's, that's fucking funny. Um, yeah that is just hilarious, but no, the way the, too long
1: since I've seen it.
2: Yeah. you like, it's a, it's a definitely a rewatch, man. It's hilarious. I mean, it, and it, it even ages well too. Like that's, there's some things in it. Like you're like, uh, oh, 2021, that's a little off color, but it's like, <laughs> for the most part it's like, it's like, oh, that's, that's still relevant today, especially since it talks about, you know, American politics and everything. But side note, uh, Maverick, uh, Mel Gibson, James Garner, uh, Jodie Foster, um, mm-hmm. Yeah, great, great spin-off of the 1950s television series that obviously starred James Garner, um, and um, it's it's funny. It's 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 directed by Richard Donner, who did the Lethal Weapon movie. So of course you know Mel Gibson's in it. Um, but you know it's five card five card draw and um, poker, which is you know a little bit of a foreign concept, you know, especially with the Boom happened, uh, you know, um, in the early two thousands and everything that you know, you know, I definitely took advantage of in college. Was taking advantage of easy money, uh, so <laughs> yeah, um, you know, that's you know, gambling. It's interesting that you picked this, Matt. Gambling, something that that I've done ever since I was a kid. Um, oh yeah, yeah. My dad my dad taught me to, taught me to play cards. Um, I was always we were always playing games with poker chips and and. And uh, I grew up, I grew grew up around a card table, literally with cards. And uh, and when the poker boom happened, happened, I man, I I grabbed a hold of that. But I mean, I I loved gambling. I mean, I've I've always loved gambling. I mean, I ran a, I ran a craps game in high school. Oh wow!
0: So nice. Yep. I that's one. Too. That's one game. And and I know this may seem crazy to some people. I, I've never shot craps in my life ever.
3: Oh, I
2: exciting. don't even know
0: how the game works. You want to keep your money? I don't. I know. I know you roll dice and numbers mean things. That's. I don't have the fuckiest idea how to shoot craps, and I don't really ever want to learn because I have a feeling it's uh, a a game I would lose a lot of money at.
1: Well, I have my top two, and I didn't even see that. I didn't know we were doing this. Yeah,
0: Garrett didn't know what mine mine
1: were picked out. My number one gambling movie would be Color of Money. My number two would be uh, rain man. Oh, okay.
2: okay. Tom Cruise and both man color money's good.
1: Color, color money is really good. good. Yeah. It has nothing to do with Tom Cruise to be honest, but um, it more Dustin Hoffman for, for rain man. Oh yeah. Sure. But uh, color of money. Oh my gosh. I can't even tell you. I, I played pool for years and uh, that was like my Bible for a while.
0: Exactly. And it and it makes you appreciate the original, the the Hustler, the Hustler. that much more. Yes. But, I mean, those movies are so they just go together so well. And, and and the Hustler was fantastic before the Color of Money even came out, and yep. then the Color of Money just heightened the 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 greatness of that movie even more.
2: Paul Paul Newman someone I miss. Like, oh, oh my dude,
0: so true. He was oh, one of the one of the greats, greatest. and another one of of his that not really a gambling movie, but you know the the poker scene in Cool Hand Luke. <laughs> I mean, that's one of the most iconic poker scenes in any well, movie ever.
1: Even Fifty Eggs is sort of a gamble, yeah. You know, so mm-hmm. uh, I think we could put Cool Hand Luke in a gambling category.
2: I think that the um, I was I was, I was um, I think, if I remember correctly, this was what long time ago but I, re- I remember reading some list of like gambling movies that where cool hand luke was actually on it for some reason yeah but um
0: yeah and not really a not really a gambling movie but definitely yeah, I,
2: I totally disagree with that point but yeah no that was that's a that's a pretty good one. yeah i mean there's a couple i mean Ra- rounders is rounders is like one of my all time favorites got
1: to be up anyway. there yep.
2: like it, it like just is yeah. So like when I was thinking about when I was thinking about you, you posed this question. I didn't know how how deep we were going to go into these lists. Yeah. Um, I I I didn't want to go necessarily into a huge Rounders diatribe, but um, but yeah, Rounders is like one of the all one of my all time favorite films. Like yeah. I still, I still quote it to this day. My friends and I still quote it to this day. Um, you know, it's you know, it's aces rolled up over kings, man. Like
0: <laughs> it I, is. A, it's a highly quotable movie.
2: Yeah, I still have that. I still have that handle as a Yahoo email address. Aces rolled up over kings. Oh, nice. No. Nice. Don't use it, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'm going to sign you up for a bunch of stuff. <laughs> Go
2: ahead. <laughs> I'm just going to dump into a junk file anyway.
1: So, is there
0: another? Uh, um, is there another gambling movie you had in mind?
2: Um. Well there's a there's a like again like I said there were a couple of ways that you could go about this. Uh, yeah. Have you okay so first of all we didn't really even talk about I mean did you guys actually have you actually seen Maverick the movie? Oh, yeah.
0: many times. Oh, absolutely. Many times. I think it's so mm-hmm. I will say this about Maverick. I love the movie. I think it's very funny. I think it's witty. I think it's it's there's a sexiness to that movie, but at the same time the poker in that movie is it's incessantly terrible. real unrealistic.
2: Oh, 100%. The poker
0: play in that movie is uh, there are string bets. there are completely unrealistic hand combinations yep. it's, it's 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 not a realistic poker movie, but just from the fun aspect, it's a blast to watch
2: I, I i swear to God like the poker boom is is twenty years old at this point you know like it's twenty yeah. years old at this point. If anyone makes a gambling movie from this point forward and fucking sticks uh string betting in there, it's like dude yeah. i'm drop I'm drop kicking you to next Tuesday yeah yep. like, come on
1: road punch coming. Yeah, yeah,
0: that's that's no that's not acceptable anymore in a poker movie. String bets. It's oh. it's not acceptable.
2: I'll see you. Nope, you said see. It's done. Yeah. The transactions over.
0: Yeah, it's over.
2: <laughs> so oh, so anyway, yeah, you yeah, is there, is there another one? Yeah, there's a there's a couple um uh, that I'll, I'll lay out there um like true true gambling movies cuz that's really what the whole The whole controversy was about man. This Eight Men Out, nineteen eighty eight. The the based on the true story of the Black Sox scandal. That's right. Um, what an incredible cast, right? I mean, I mean, Charlie Sheen's in it. Cusack, yeah. Christopher Lloyd, um, you know, you know, John Mahoney's Kid Gleason, the manager. Yeah. uh, E.B. Sweeney, Shoeless Joe Jackson. I mean, there's some really cool young actors, you know, before they became really, really big. Yeah. That just were really great in that movie. Um, such a, and I love that film obviously cause it's about baseball. Right. But it, yeah. it also tells the, it tells the story about why this was such a tragic tale and it mm-hmm. tells it from both sides. Mm-hmm. Right. It's mm-hmm. yeah. Um, And I, I, I just, I adore that. I adore that film. Uh, even though, it, even though it is a tragedy and it hurts, you know, it hurts. Cause you know, I, you know, Rob Rasmussen and I get into this all the time. Um, we try not to talk about it too much cause he's so like on one side and I'm on the other, but Barry Bones, Barry Bonds broke my heart.
0: Yeah. Yep.
2: He just, he destroyed my, my childhood heart. And like, I just, I can't forgive him.
1: Yeah. Broke a lot and, of hearts.
2: And there's a lot of, there's a lot of cheating there and there's a lot of cheating back there and a lot of people were doing this, a lot of people were doing that, but I'm like, Yeah, but I, I put a lot of trust in him (laughs) and a lot of belief and, and it just, you know, same thing that back in the day, you know, I mean, people bought into their heroes and they, they put, they put their, and there's people still do this to this day. They put their heroes on this pedestal. Yeah. And when you realize that they're human, it's some of the most, it's some of the most painful Mm-hmm. Painful reckonings, yeah, that you can have, um, even as an adult, and it's just, yeah. it's. I mean, like how, you know, I compare it to someone like, I mean, how many out of the three of us, I mean, like, we're just wrecked. hmm When Bill Cosby, oh, oh my about Bill Cosby God, God. I mean, like, Are you cur- We were talking about Bill Cosby, I like spent, really? I
0: spent my whole childhood listening to, listening to vinyl. Bill Cosby records. Bill
1: Cosby. Himself, my dad. Yes.
0: My dad had a massive Bill Cosby collection on vinyl. I spent my whole childhood listening to Bill Cosby comedy records, and then, you know, my whole youth watching him on TV on the Cosby Show and on, um, uh, uh, picture pages, and and then then when all this came out, you know, in the last ten years about him, it just never. What does what it they say? Never, uh, something about heroes. Never, never meet your hero. Never meet your hero. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's just, it's, it's be, and, and you're, you're totally right, Bear, when you say that at the end of the day, we have to remember that all these people are human and capable of the best Anything. human qualities and capable of the absolute worst human qualities and everywhere in between.
2: Yeah. It's, it, you know, yeah, no, we kind of digressed off it, but I, I think that's where like Eight Men Now is really, yeah, interesting in the sense that it really, I think it really did a good job considering it was like a low budget film, and yeah, they had all these young stars and everything, but they 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 explored the story in such a fashion that it really explored all the angles. Yep, yep. In the understandings, like you were, yes, you were empathetic towards the ballplayers, which was the whole point of the film. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, there was a part of you that was like that still also at least for me hated them for cheating
0: absolutely Mm -hmm. yeah but i agree it 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 paints the picture of and i put on that was on my list that movie was on my list and it shows how greed and exploitation can lead to dire outcomes so there's the greed on the part of the gamblers and on the part of the 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 white Sox owner at the time of really not paying these players what they were worth and withholding bonuses that they had earned uh and and that it led these that that greed led these players who were underappreciated to make decisions that that you know men of integrity otherwise wouldn't make. You know when they're depending on this money to actually feed their families, it led them to make decisions that they otherwise wouldn't make. And you know how that's how uh, I, I agree that the movie really shows both sides of it and. You know, I think it does a good job,
1: and I agree that uh, Joe Jackson belongs in the Hall of Fame.
0: Yeah, that's a Jay made that comment, and I I agree. I, I agree him. from a statistical standpoint that Joe Jackson does belong in the Hall of Fame, but I also believe I, I, Rose does. I, I Rose also believe that there are some decisions that you make along the way that that can block certain roads for you and you have to be willing to own up to that and take the consequences. And I think one of the consequences of what Joe Jackson did blocks that road for him. And I, I think it's sad, but, you know, considering how great of a ball player he was, but I, I don't know. I, I I think sometimes you got to live with those decisions.
1: I'm not mad at it. I'll say that. I'm not like, you know, same thing with Pete Rose. I'm not mad at it, but I think they deserve to be there.
2: Yeah. Well, you know, you know, Jay brings up a point about Ty Cobb bringing it, um, being the Hall of Fame. He was a piece of shit. Like, I mean, <laughs> I mean you want to talk every you, way. I, I, I just think about like you know these 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 moralists that uh, that you know kind of vote for the Hall of Fame, and so I. Let me be clear. I could never vote for Barry Bonds to be in the Hall of Fame. I couldn't do it. I just, I just can't. I, um, I just, I just, I just can't. I, I'm sorry. Um, you know, but uh, to that point, I think that like the 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 rumors of impropriety, that's bullshit. Like, come on, man. Like, if there's unless I mean, this guy. I mean, Barry Bonds was indicted, <laughs> you know, for his yeah. goals and actions in the in the in the, the steroid scandals of, uh, of of baseball. Like, that's that's a little bit different. Um, right. You know, if someone was like rumored, like the Mike Piazza thing with the back knee, like, come on, stop, just stop. Yeah. Like you're, you're, you're grasping at straws there. And like, if there's, you know, yeah, where there's smoke, there's fire and all that stuff, but there's, there's a big difference between a rumor or something being whispered or something being talked about. And then something definitively actually happening and being, you know, being guilty of, or being indicted for. And, you know, in case of a rod testing positive twice, you know, like, you know, there's just, or Ryan Braun too being tested. Yeah. Spots. Those, those kind of fall in the same camp for me. Um, yeah. you know, multiple, multiple offenses. I'm just, yeah, I have no empathy. I, I that, that, me, that, that, that's just kind of unbelievable. Go ahead. I'm Mark sorry.
1: McGuire, no, it's all right. Mark McGuire was my, my hero that broke my heart. Oh yeah. That's rough. Um, he owned it though. Oh, he totally owned it. Um, but I remember, I mean, I remember getting the Mark McGuire, Jose Canseco, um, what did they call him? It was a 1987 Topps
2: card. The Bash Brothers card?
1: The Bash Brothers card. Yeah. I remember getting that and just freaking the fuck out. <laughs> and uh, from there, I mean, yeah, I was a Twins fan, but Mark McGuire was like my baseball hero at that time.
2: He was such a stud coming out of college, man. you got to understand that oh he pitched. Oh my gosh, too. he was a beast. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Jay's got a good California Split and The Gambler. I agree. Both very good movies. California Split, very... I don't know that one. It's it's uh, Elliot oh. Gould. Hmm. Um, I can't recall who the other... It's the reason actor. why
2: Elliot Gould was actually cast in another movie I was going to mention. But yeah, California Split's actually considered by a lot of circles and a lot of people to be the number one gambling film it's a very very good movie well
1: 1974 matt was in his third year in college
2: <laughs> apparently yeah
1: <laughs> so
0: no i was i was three i no. was three in stop it. i Snugged. was negative four. i was three in 1974 <laughs> um, stop so bear do you have a, any other gambling movies for us
2: yeah, I, well, you also, you know, in the same breath of Rounders, I also mentioned The Cincinnati Kid, Steve McQueen. But uh, wh- listen, a film that I absolutely adore, I think that the uh, – there you go. Beautiful. Yep. Oh, nice. Nice. Um, I mean, just completely ripped off later, years later by the movie called Shade. I don't know if you guys ever saw that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Completely ripped off. And it's just – oh, God. It was, te- it was just such an insult. It was like Steve McQueen was like rolling in his grave. It was terrible. <laughs> Um, I uh, still watched it though. <laughs> um, no, my, one of my favorite all time films that you can, you can say is about gambling cause it's about Vegas. Um, but it's just like one of the, uh, the all time ensemble casts, but it has a lot to do with gambling cause there's a lot of gambling in it. It's a gambling of, you know, actually getting away with something. It's the gambling of, you know, the main character gambles, um, on, you know, his foe messing up and, and, uh, him getting his wife back and that's oceans 11 mm. the remake the night the 1998 version you know with yeah george clooney brad pitt uh the rat pack version of oceans 11 is very good is it's, it, it, it's, it's a, a classic.
0: classic yeah totally different film altogether yeah. and also a classic a great great movie but it but a completely different experience altogether yep
2: yeah steve soderbergh took a did a remake and made it made it it to stand on its own. Its too, own. Right. Yep. Like yeah. the, the, you would talk about quotable. I mean, the, uh, the rants like, Hey, what, 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 Gary, why do this? Why do this? <laughs> why not do it? Mm.
1: Mm. No. Uh, yeah.
2: Cause the house always wins gentlemen. Yeah.
1: That's right. Yeah. You
2: play long enough. You never change the stakes. The house takes you unless when that perfect hand comes along, you bet big, and then you take the house. Nice. Did I rush it? Feels like I rushed it. I rushed
1: it. <laughs> Nailed it.
0: Nailed it. No, that's a great line, and I like the fact that the the remake of Ocean's Eleven that the that they actually win, they actually make the score in the end, where the original, the Rat Pack, you know, with with uh, with Sinatra and Sammy Davis Jr., they didn't make the score at the end they failed to make the score yep. so that's why uh, there's something about you know you root for the guys even though they're stealing you know they're they're it there's something about seeing them actually complete the job and make the score in the end
2: yeah absolutely i think that um i think that that's the the one of the biggest things too it's like because that was that was also again why it's why it's stands on its own two feet and why it's different is because it. Is in a different area of hollywood where the, the quote-unquote bad guy is allowed to win yeah the rat pack version is, is is concludes very disappointingly because the bad guys can't win right Yep. like you right. can't you can't and that's that's crap because you spent an hour and a half two hours making us love these characters making us want and rooting for these characters to succeed and then it ends in better disappointment, which is where Ocean's Eleven and Steve Soderbergh's version of it, and George Clooney, is perfect. Yeah, like you make you make the bad guy so you know, and it's not like look, Andy Garcia is not an awful human being, right? Really, it's not like you know, it's not like he's you know you know, making infants coal mine for diamonds. You know, it's not like, you know, he's, you know, he's not, you know, he's not a plantation owner. Yeah. So for all intents and purposes, I mean, if you look at, if you look at the film from that perspective, Andy Garcia is beloved by his employees. Yeah. Yep. The people that work for him have the greatest respect for him and love him and have like revere him. You know, even the guy who gets yelled at, you know, Ooh, it's, it's more out of disappointment. It's not like, you know, it's not like, Oh, this guy's a piece of shit. I want to kill him. Like, no, it's, you know he's not a Terrible person, yeah. really. I mean, he loves money. Right. That's 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 his biggest flaw. How okay. dare? You? Yeah, that's his biggest <laughs> flaw. That's like the so. But over the course of the film, we 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 like him less and less, and and, yeah. and even at you know it's. But they what I it's so beautiful about that is they never put the icing on the cake. They never put the cherry on top of Andy Garcia. To make him to make him loathable right like i fucking hate that guy yeah no he's l- dislikable enough to where you're rooting for the guys to succeed and when they do it's the ultimate culmination of victory yeah which is why which is interesting is like the as they tell the story over the next three fi- over the next two films like the villain actually gets more dislikable yeah but still has those same characteristics like um to lure you know it's just just a braggart yeah like really that's all he is i mean but again he's not a terrible human being other than not really caring about whether you know ocean and his cohorts die or not that was that was a little cold-hearted um but and but then you still sort of respect him in the end yeah yeah exactly and then but the the worst one of them all is Al Pacino, right? Al Pacino's character, yeah, Willie Bank, yeah. That's the that's the the most hated because like, yeah he he really is a he really is a piece of shit. But again, they do the same model though because like right. his like, you know, um, uh, oh gosh, who's the lady who plays his his right hand in in Thirteen? Um, shoot, it's gonna kill me the rest of the night. But the like his right hand in that film is like she does everything to do to please him, and uh, Sponder—that's the the character's name. Abigail Sponder is the, the character's name. Oh, like, that's um. That. Damn it! I gotta look this up now. Yeah, right? It was it's in my head, then
0: it flew out of my head. I yeah, can't remember her name.
2: But like you know the same it's same the same model of of Andy Garcia, and they actually what's really cool is they bring Andy Garcia back to to be in the con, right? Yeah. Yeah. And um, and the best line is like, is he going to fall for this? You did. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. It's, it's just, it's just money. The whole, the whole thing is just the whole series. Like it's just really great. Like it's standing on its own. Like I didn't like oceans 12, but when you have 13 being so good, it yeah. completes the circle. Right. Know? Like the three of them is just, is just really, really good. And it's just really sad. Um, that will, um, uh uh, ellen barkin by the way ellen thank you um it's really sad because like bernie bernie mack has now passed away uh carl ryan passed away um you know that's you know that will i was really hoping for uh, an oceans 14 at some point and maybe they will they did an oceans 8 with where you know have you guys seen it no sandra bullock
1: i have not
2: it's okay um so I I won't spoil it, but like there's a scene in the very opening that kind of puts to rest that there's going to be an oceans 14. Let's just put it that way. (laughs) I'm just like, damn, that sucks.
1: (laughs) Uh, Well, here's what I'm learning. If I can just share for a minute, do you ever like consider yourself like I'm a, I'm a, this kind of a guy. I'm a, I, I thought I was a movie guy, but now I'm looking at, matt's list here and i've only seen two of the movies on this list
0: really on my list you've only seen two I've of i've only
1: seen two of these oh wow
0: how big I is your list that? matt uh two three four five seven
1: six, seven so i haven't seen the cincinnati kid oh you got it you have to remedy that
0: so, yeah, Steve, um,
2: Steve McQueen, dude. Steve McQueen.
0: Steve. I mean, he's the he's the coolest dude on the... On, who, yeah, he was the coolest movie star.
1: Yeah, and I... You know, uh, so I have some work to do.
0: So, all right. So, Bear, do you have any others before I go into my list?
2: Just tell me where the fuck Vegas Vacation's on it, because I know it is.
0: It's not on. It's not oh, on.
2: Oh, God, you're a good man. I knew it's it. It's not
0: on. A, because, because... <laughs> And, and and not to go into the whole Chevy Chase thing, but when it comes to gambling and and it's 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 just not a gambling movie. Mm-mm. It's a comedy movie. It's mm-hmm. just not a gambling movie. So I didn't I didn't even consider putting it on my list of best gambling movies. It's a comedy, except for it's not funny. But yeah, I <laughs> you see your point. <laughs> All right. So um, the the first one on my list is a movie from twenty fifteen. That is really not super well known, but it's called Mississippi Grind.
2: Ooh, good one!
0: And it stars Ryan Reynolds, Ryan, Ryan Reynolds and Ben Mendelsohn. Uh, if, if you might recognize Ben Mendelsohn, if you are a Star Wars fan, he mm-hmm. was the villain in uh, Rogue One. Um, he's a great actor, and this movie is the the thing I like a lot about gambling movies is if if it, it's kind of like Eight Men Out, where where if uh, if a movie can show the the dark side of gambling and also show the fun side of gambling where uh, gambling addiction is a real thing. And um, Mississippi grind shows every side of gambling. It shows the horrible side of gambling addiction. And it also shows the friendships and relationships and fun that can come from, from gaming. And I think it's a great movie. It's a, there's great, great uh, performances in the movie. I think It uh and it really shows every side and i highly recommend uh that people check that movie out um i also had the cincinnati kid on my list which we mentioned already which uh, garrett you have to see that movie uh Mm -hmm. steve mcqueen the the old school gentleman edward g robinson who sits across from him here uh uh, and margaret is in the movie just one of the most stunning beautiful actresses of all time it is and, and you have to watch it from a 1965 frame of mind because it's over dramatic with the music and the quick zooms and things like that but that's just kind of the way that
1: was cinematography then. yeah
0: that, that was the way things were back then yeah. but it's you know uh, the the line the uh, the line at the end when when edward g robinson says you're good, kid. But as long as I'm around, you'll always be second best. It's just iconic and mm-hmm. such a great and and again, not super realistic. Although I don't know what you know, uh, what poker halls were like back then. But I I seriously doubt they allowed string betting in 1965. And there was a <laughs> lot of Cincinnati kid. So um, I also had Eight Men Out on the list, which again, gambling. Uh, great, great baseball movie and great uh, movie about uh, you know the dangers of of gambling. Another one is a movie from 1989 called Let It Ride. Uh, Richard,
2: yes, uh, nice one, dude. Nice uh, Richard
0: Dreyfuss is in it. Jennifer Tilly's in it uh, with some others. And this one's great because it's just a straight up fun comedy. It's really just goofy and silly, and how this this down and out guy always thinks he's gonna. You know make that next big score and and it's just a hilarious movie it's a lot of fun to watch so I really recommend that one um, another one from just a few years ago uh, called Molly's game yeah uh, it's, Wait,
2: I was gonna mention that
0: it's it's uh, it, so this is <laughs> one of those movies that is it's really interesting to watch this it's a true story. Of uh, of of this lady who was a Olympic hopeful skier and somehow got involved in in poker and then next thing you know she's running one of the biggest high stakes backroom games for billionaires and movie stars and then she ends up getting busted by by the FBI and and it's a really great movie and two of the most beautiful people in in the movie business, uh, Jessica Chastain and Idris Elba both give phenomenal performances uh, and, and uh, just, it's a really solid movie. I I recommend it. Um, Rounders, of course, we mentioned already, um, uh, but considered by many to be the best poker movie of all time. It started the poker boom in 98 Mm -hmm. and is still, uh iconic in in the world of of not just poker movies but gambling movies in general um and the last one is called the cooler yes
2: i was hoping you'd say that if you haven't
0: if you haven't seen the cooler it is it is just a great movie with with incredible performances i i still consider william h macy to be one of the best actors of this incredible. generation i think alec baldwin is phenomenal even though he's you know had his run-in with making poor life decisions in his personal life he is a phenomenal <laughs> actor mm-hmm. and the 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 uh the relationship between macy and maria bello in this movie is is tender and sweet and and it's it it's just a a great movie that you know william h macy's character is basically the he's the cooler he's he's the he's the the low luck luck charm the bad luck charm that's hired by the casino for pennies on the dollar just to just to go and break up people's lucky streaks and and you know when somebody's on a heater he goes and just all he has to do is stand there and to kill somebody's luck and uh and the story of how he kind of comes out of that and it's just a it's a great, fun movie. And there, are, there. the fact is there are so many other movies that I didn't put on this list. I'm not discounting those movies. There are a lot of great gambling movies out there. But these are the ones that just kind of stood out to me that I've enjoyed watching um, multiple times over the years. So let's, uh, let's hit you with the lightning round, Bear. I, I honestly, I think when you were on the show, we weren't doing the lightning round. Um, so this is kind of cool because we, these, these are the the questions that we always love hearing people's answers to. Uh, and I'm excited to hear yours. So if you could hear the thoughts of one living person for 10 minutes, who would it be? And why?
2: Um. <laughs> You know, I, 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 know. Yeah. I've listened to this answer so many times from so many people and everything. Um, living person, right? Yes. Okay. Um, you know, for, for a long time, I, I, you know, this, this, another serious moment for a long time, I would have said my father um, just because I just like would have said the God that did the things that were flying through his head, you know, at the time, because you know, my father, you know, is, is been a huge influence on my life and, and he has this, this had this uncredible steel trap of the mind. And, uh, you know, he could rattle off statistics, you know, movie quotes, music albums. I mean, just everything, you know, just, just this identic encyclopedic knowledge about virtually anything that you wanted to. And so for a long time, I would have said that. I, um, and I say, I said, you know, I use past tense a lot. you I mean, unfortunately he's, he's suffering from early onset dementia, And so there's a lot of things that, uh, uh, and there's a lot of things that are escaping and just going away. Um, but I would still say my father. Yeah. So that I could understand what's going on right inside of that head of his. So um because I still think that he's got a lot to share that I still could learn from. So, mm-hmm. so I'd still say my father.
0: Yeah. All right. If you were about to get into a fight, what would your soundtrack music be?
2: Well, much to much to my partner on Cigar Coop Primetime's uh, special edition chagrin, um, it would not be Rocky, uh, <laughs> even though it's kind of like the... I think that's like the go-to and everything. Um, oh, man. I... Look, I'm I'm just a sucker for uh, I'm a sucker for like like Hootie ho- and the Barfish. No, fish. man. Like Hootie. <laughs> listen, don't don't fuck with Hootie. But like you know, why do I want to be with you? No, no, just um, love me some Hootie. Just you know, and uh, but no, I think um. <laughs> Uh, if I'm going to start a fight, um, I just some old school, like, uh, and when I say like old school, I'm talking about like, not like, like, well, I guess like, yeah, like, like public enemy or, you know, something like that. Like, just like old school rap, like
1: bring the noise.
2: Yeah. Something from like the early nineties, something like that. Just like really, just really hard. Um, and, or like, I think you could still like, I love, I love, I love listening to like early two thousands alternative, like rock, like Chevelle breaking, uh, breaking Benjamin. Mm -hmm. Uh, They had some, they had some really nice tracks where you could just like, you know, disturbed. Like, I mean, you could just get jacked on that shit Yep, and just ready to throw, ready to throw a chair at somebody's head. Yeah.
1: Rage against the machine. Oh, rage. That's always a
2: good choice. A little nine inch nails action. A little somber though. Nice. Yeah, Yeah. Nice.
1: All right. I,
0: we already know the answer to this question, but I have to ask it anyway. Oh, fuck me. <laughs> Choose one of the following. You could hit a home run as a starting pitcher. You could score a touchdown as a defensive lineman. You could score a goal in a hockey game as the goalie or a goal in a soccer game as the goalie.
2: Um, well, I, I, think that, I think that you have to pick the most difficult of all the tasks. Um, you know... And statistically speaking, it, it has to be the home run as a pitcher. I mean, that's the obvious answer for me because I'm the baseball guy, right? Yeah. But like, I mean, look, defensive linemen pick up f- you know fumbles all the time, interceptions. There's there's there, there's pick sixes like frequently. I mean, but I mean, a pitcher hitting a home run. I mean, the thousands and thousands and thousands of pitches that get thrown in a baseball season right thousands of bats over history yeah like yeah it happens frequently enough but I mean statistically speaking the amount of opportunity versus what actually when it actually transpires considering this is a game that you're considered a hall of fame player for you know failing 7 out of 10 times <laughs> to, Yeah, to understand that um yeah no yeah I yeah hitting a home run as a pitcher
0: yeah and yep. most most pitchers have a, a a batting average in the you know point zero something
2: yeah the Mendoza line is a dream for them yeah <laughs> it's a dream
1: yeah like my favorite pitcher of all time has three home runs Bert Blylevin yes yeah yeah
2: wow. really we're one of the most underrated pitchers of all time Bert would tell you Bert would tell you about those three home runs though more than any of his other pitching accomplishments yeah that's absolutely right. <laughs> he would yeah
0: All right, so if you could bring back any fashion trend from the past, what would it be?
2: Ooh, this is a new one. If I could bring any fashion trend back from the past? Yep. uh, Like how far back or like just whenever?
0: Any. Anything.
2: Mm. I, I don't know how Like, like... Plausible or functional that they would be, but the suit of armors would be pretty fucking badass. We just oh, like, right oh, 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 <laughs> N- like walk into like the PCA trade show with like <laughs> fucking chainmail, <laughs> a mace, you know. So wait, tell is- me one more time about Cigar Con.
1: <laughs> is Medieval Con next week?
2: <laughs> um. <laughs> I think that, yeah, I think that would be fun. Um, yeah, I, you know, I, I, I still, I, I still subscribe to, you know, I, I don't wear them as often. Like when I go to events that people see me at, because they're just, you know, like we, you know, at cigar events, we're constantly on our feet. You know, PCA, we're constantly on our feet. You know, all these cigar events and stuff, we just on our feet all the time. So I don't wear them as often. Um, you know, just out, but uh, cowboy boots are still some of my all-time favorite. Oh yeah, to wear. I haven't rocked
0: cowboy boots in many, many years, but I used to love
2: them. Oh, I think they're fantastic.
1: Never worn cowboy boots.
2: Never in your life? Mm-mm. Oh, wow. Never in your Not life? Not
1: against them. Not against them. I just never had them.
2: Did you ever, like, you ever played cowboys when you were a kid? Yeah.
0: Just sans boots.
2: Sans yep, boots. Sand boots. <laughs> All right, Bear, who was,
0: uh, who was your... Um, favorite celebrity crush as a teenager or a kid? A celebrity that you just were very enamored by.
2: Uh, as a kid and a teenager? So like, yeah. Okay. Um, Hunky Brewster. (laughs) It's a good one, but no. Um, (laughs) No, I, gosh, man, this, this is like, it became like, it became like Blake Lively in my early young adulthood. Like, it's really funny. Cause my wife's crush is Ryan Reynolds and mine's Blake Lively. So it's mm-hmm. kind of nice, nice. To together. Um Man, this one's hard. Um, I'm trying to, I'm trying to think back, like who really. Just was just lights out hot back then for me. Um, I think I was just more girl crazy about the local girls in my high school. So I, I don't know, like I didn't really have sides sit on celebrities as much as much. Yeah. Uh, you know what? Yeah, uh, Ju- Julia Styles. Yeah, like Whoa. down mm-hmm. down to you with Freddie Friends Jr., like this is still one of my like all time like guilty pleasure films. And Julia Styles is just she's got this realistic she has this realistic thing about her. Not so much Ten Things I Hate About You. I didn't like her in that film. Uh but um it would, it was just I don't know, she's a little over the t- and I didn't like the the clothes that they put her in and stuff like that. in Ten Things I Hate About You. Like the film. It's funny and Heath Ledger's hilarious. But um but yeah, Julia Stiles is definitely uh, one of my one of my go tos. Um, yeah, for sure. All right,
0: if you could add any person to the face of Mount Rushmore, who would it be? Any person?
2: Any person to the? F- oh, dude, you can't you can't fuck with Mount Rushmore. Are you kidding? Uh, oh, okay. Like, no, man, that's. Four of the greatest presidents, four, of, yeah, four of the greatest presidents ever. I mean, it's Mount Rushmore for a reason, right? I can mm-hmm. take
0: that. I can dig that. Yeah, that's leave it, leave it well enough alone. I, I can dig that. I
2: respect
1: that. that.
2: Yeah, I that that's that's a tall order because there's like there's. I mean, I love having that discussion. Coop and I do this on our show. Like, I love having that the Mount Rushmore discussion for different things. Yeah, like I love having the Mount Rushmore discussion for, um you know, for, you know, sports or for scars or cigar brands or, you know, music or, you know, sh- you know, clothing brands or, you know, whatever. I mean, you could do Mount Rushmore for anything. I love that discussion point, but no, to add to Mount Rushmore, to the existing Mount Rushmore. Ah, oh, no, can't do it. All right.
0: I, I like that. That's a good answer.
2: All
0: right. So let's do this week's Notable Smokable um, again for our listeners and viewers. Notable Smokable is... uh. Just a cigar that we've smoked recently that uh, that we liked a lot that that caught our interest. It could be something that's been on the market for 20 years, or it could be something that's only been on the market for the last few months, but just something that caught our interest. So, Bear, do you have something?
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm really sad that I couldn't smoke with you all tonight. But, uh, yeah, I've got a couple cigars here. Uh, we were talking about the Dissident Rave a few moments ago, but um, um, the, uh, the Green Hornet. You know, it a nice little cigar that I've been, mm, that I've been smoking yes. quite a few of it's short. It's, it's got, it packs a lot of punch, a lot of flavor. Uh, great for this time of year, especially yeah. when it's cold. Um, so I, have really enjoyed it. Um, I also like the, uh, um, another, another Oveja Negra, the, the home 2020
3: mm. mm-hmm.
2: I've had a was fortunate to get a couple boxes of those. And so been, been smoking on that, uh, like recently, but, um, Probably the the cigar that um that I just I mean I'm I can't I you know it, it was probably it probably be a little bit more applicable to the first question but I I just absolutely think it's awesome and it, it's very nostalgic for me uh, with the cedar wrap what that cedar wrap does to it in terms of like the aroma and the way it smokes and stuff the D, the diesel Esteli Piro oh
0: yeah, yeah.
2: yes that Yeah. cigars that cigars freaking money man very I love good that cigar
0: smoke. very good cigar.
2: Absolutely, uh, Garrett. What was yours this
1: week? I had a Padron 80th. God, dude, why do you gotta smoke the cheap shit? I know. <laughs> and I'll, I'll, you know, fuck I, up. Dude. I smoke, I smoke a lot of boutique, small brand stuff um, that I love, and there are very few cigars that are in that you know twenty dollar plus range that. You know, I'm just not smoking baller cigars all the time, but that is one that is always fan freaking tastic and blows me away every time. Yeah.
2: Did you tell my father that you cheated on him with the Purple Drone?
1: I did. (laughs) They got over it. They did. (laughs)
0: So mine this week, actually, and I made this list before we even came on the air, uh, mm-hmm. but mine, ironically, is another Oveja Negra cigar, and it's the Emilio LJZ 2020 Limited Edition.
2: Yeah, so you um, spoke that at the poker game the other day, right? Yeah,
0: yeah barber pole, mm-hmm. um, really nice cigar. The thing held in ash forever. Uh, clean burn, tons of smoke output, really good flavor, even in a room filled with... 10 other guys smoking cigars uh the flavors came through and uh just uh, another solid offering from oveja negra
1: one uh i it was also at that poker game that i had that padrone um and that poker game was not very nice <laughs> to me at it all. was nice to other people very nice to some people yeah it was go
2: do you go home anti Andy? Oh, I
1: I went home in the hole. He 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 he, he was in the hole a little bit little when bit, he walked away from little, the table. A little bit.
0: I was in the hole sixteen dollars, so it wasn't all that bad. What stakes do
2: you guys play? You guys play no limit or limit?
0: No limit. No limit. Um, but I would say the biggest forty forty dollar buy in. Nothing yeah. major.
2: Yeah, okay. like
1: the biggest hand I think we saw was maybe like a sixty dollar hand.
0: No, no, the biggest hand was one hundred and twenty. Oh really? Yeah. Yeah, the biggest hand was one
1: twenty. Did I miss that one? Was that before I got there?
0: Uh no, no, that was one that's
2: because. Oh Scott, yeah, yeah, yeah. Scott yeah. went
0: home with hundred and seventy in profit. Right. So yeah.
2: Oh, it's a nice little, nice little game. Yeah. What's the What's the What's the biggest pot you've ever been involved in? Not seen, not been at the table at, been involved in. What's the biggest pot you've ever been involved?
0: In? I I won a four hundred dollar pot at the Bellagio in uh in two thousand. 10
2: 2011 wired aces or kings aces you're supposed to say rags matt come on dude
0: <laughs> no there was this polish guy that showed up to the table with uh uh with a you know a big massive bodybuilder type with a thick polish accent and this beautiful blonde on his arm and sat down and started throwing money around and he was drunk off his ass And I was just waiting for. I was just praying for the right spot against this guy because I knew he was going to give me a lot of money. I was praying for the right spot, and all of a sudden I get aces, and he raises, and I re-raise, and he goes all in, and I and the 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 dealer literally after I went all in, and he called. We were the only two players left in the hand. After I go all in and he calls, the player turns to me and says, "Flip over your aces." The the dealer already knew what I had. The dealer already knew, and fortunately, the aces held up. But um yeah, that was my biggest was uh like four four hundred, four twenty somewhere in that neighborhood.
1: Nice. Uh me, I want to say it was like $140 uh straight flush to the Queen against uh a Queen High boat. But I haven't played nearly as much poker as i would like to have in the past i didn't get on the on the uh poker bandwagon until very late so this last year is when i really turned it on i'm playing weekly now that's good yeah yeah
0: what was your biggest biggest hand biggest pot
2: uh i'd I'd rather tell a story i'd rather tell a story about just a bet i would rather tell a story about one of the worst bet the one of the beast worst beats i've ever had oh ouch so um this is this is actually one of my this is one of my so sincerely this is like one of my favorite stories to tell so um because i I think it like if you look at it like if you look at it from a like a different level you know like and obviously with hindsight being 2020 and everything like you could see it's kind of like it's like watching you know teddy kgb like you knew that guy had aces like what the fuck were you thinking that kind of thing so um you know i think he uh that the opening hand of rounders is pretty it's pretty telling for anyone who's played poker for a certain amount of time like you can just you can there's just certain like the betting patterns and like why why mm-hmm. would you why would you go all in at that point and stuff like that so um but no one of my one of my worst beats is um really really uh almost maverick like um but It's so in, it's so incredibly interesting because the follow-up hand is actually what, what actually tells the story about it. So I actually had a pair of sixes, pocket sixes in the hole. I was sitting on the button. I was in position. And a guy, uh, the guy um, um, in the cutoff, so just before me, ra- raises after, like, I think one call. Yeah, it was one call and then subsequent volts. He raises, and I'm in position, so I, I re-raise him. The blinds fold, the one-caller folds. This guy comes back over the top for me. <laughs> um, and so I, I call. Probably not the best decision, but at this point. Uh, the flop this comes. This is, this is all pre-flop. So the flop comes six, six, um, seven.
0: Not bad. Quads are good.
2: Yeah, quads are good. <laughs> so you know, at this point, all I'm, all you're concentrating on is making sure that your heart rate isn't jumping out of your chest at this exactly. point. Exactly. Um,
1: six seven suited.
2: So, yeah, six seven is suited. It's uh, hearts, right? So, um, he bets again. I want to keep him in this. I call the turn comes the nine of hearts. (laughs) So the six of hearts, the seven of hearts, the nine of hearts, right? (laughs) So uh, I'm like, Oh, this is great. He's like got ace king hearts or something like that. This is like why he's like so, so aggressive pre flop, you know, he checks. I want to get some money out of him. I know that he's got something. And I bet. And he raises me. Check raise, yeah. I'm like, well, saw that coming. All right, so it is ace king. So um I don't put him on I don't put him on a set. I know like I don't put him on like I don't put him on sevens especially with like this especially the pre-flop action everything like that like oh this guy's just trying to stretch guys trying to pull me out of the pot at this point he knows that i don't have a he thinks that i don't have a six right so what you know like so like that's why i think that he's trying to push me around so i i i uh i come back over the top of him mm-hmm. he calls Rivers the Ten of Hearts. Mm,
0: I already know what he has. Eight Jack.
2: So
1: <laughs> Um But who's thinking eight Jack of Hearts with all that pre flop action?
2: Nobody. Right. <laughs> Nobody on the planet. So, mm. so he's actually not. He's actually not playing. Um, he's actually not playing Jack Jack Eight of Hearts. It's actually worse. <laughs> oh no! Six of Hearts. Eight of Hearts. Seven of Hearts. Ten of Hearts.
1: Oh yeah. So he's playing. Five eight. Five
2: nine, five nine, five nine. I yeah. Nine, five nine, of hearts. Nobody, yeah. So everyone's like, "Well, like, couldn't she tell like he had some?" I'm like, "Yeah, I could tell that he had something." I thought he had Ace King of Hearts. Right. So you know the you know how the river goes. He he bats, I raise. He re raises. I re raise. He goes all in. I call. Oh, straight flush. Yeah. Yeah. Straight flush. So I actually had, I actually had a lot more, I had a lot more money than him um, at the time. Um, So the next hand comes along. So we're boring people with like hand by hand contact at this point. So the next hand actually comes up. This is the very next hand, right? So you think that like, Oh, I'm tilting like a motherfucker. I'm just pissed. Well, (laughs) the next hand comes along. I get jacks. Second hand pocket jacks. Right. And um not not this guy, but another person bets and I I come back over the top again, and he calls, and the flop comes Jack Ace King. So I have bottom set and. He, he bets. I raise. He calls. Turn comes, you know, 99 and a half purple lampshades. Who gives a shit? Um, <laughs> he bets. And guys, I don't know what it was. I just sat there for a long ass time. And I was like, this motherfucker's got pocket cowboys. He's got kings. He's got a set of kings above me. I'm like, this is stupid. I'm not going to lose all my money on this spot. I'm set. It's not the worst thing ever. It wasn't a ridiculous bet. It's not like you put me in or anything like that. It wasn't till like, I wasn't tilting or anything like that. And I was just like, I just sat there and I was like, and so like, finally, you know, after a long time, I said, well, guys, there's nobody on the fucking planet or including this table that would have put this guy on five, nine, a hand ago." but who else here <laughs> thinks that this guy has Kings? Cause I know that he does. <laughs> and I fold it. I, I fold, I fold my Jack's up. And I was like, you don't have to show me. I know you have Kings. Throws you seven deuce. Nope. Throws over the Kings. Oh, wow. Well, Ooh. there you go. You save yourself yeah. a lot of money. Ooh. Yeah. So very next hand made a great fold. So knew I was in it still went up, still made up that night. Considering that the the worst, the worst beat of my, probably my life. Oh,
3: (laughs) The cruel game. Those
2: two, those two hands, those two hands were the, were, uh, were, uh, were iconic in my, my poker career. (laughs) It's a cruel game. It is five, nine, five, nine hearts. Go fuck yourself.
1: You get, (laughs) you know, you get quads, you flop quads. And, uh, You place a minimal bet. Yeah, and everybody folds.
0: Yeah, that is that's that's yeah that happened to this guy, uh, what three weeks ago? Yep, he flops quads. He puts in a very small bet, and everybody folds. He gets no he gets no No action. action.
2: No action. That's
0: that's that hurts. That's brutal. So bear give uh, give our viewers and listeners uh, an idea where they can always find you on uh, online.
2: Uh, and
0: what, what you might have coming up on your show soon if you uh if you're willing to divulge.
2: Absolutely. Well, I'm I'm everywhere and nowhere because <laughs> it's COVID. Uh I don't leave my house. Um so <laughs> um no, I, I as as everyone knows that they can read they can see me on my uh, they can see me on my, my weekly show all our takes. It's every Sunday night at nine thirty central, ten thirty eastern time. Um we we dive in with really we dive in with some great guests, have some great topics, uh really really uh focus on like the human side of the industry and 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 really just go a little bit more on the on the you know, the background of people and what people makes what makes them people and everything. So uh Dean Parsons was the last take I, I you know skipped yesterday. Um, um but uh, Dean Parsons was the last take, take 156, take 157 will be this coming Sunday because it's Texas, you know, and it's like three degrees outside now, but by <laughs> Sunday, uh, it'll actually be, uh, you know, 67. So, yeah, you know, go figure. Of course. Um, yeah. And the low, the low will still be in the 40s, so I'll still be freezing. But uh, in my garage, a.k.a. the uh, the Alec Bradley Lone Star Studios. Uh, where I will be joined by uh, Trip uh, Waldrip and Dennis Fang. We'll be doing our version 6.0 of our mm. pairings. Um, right. We we exchange pairings and we try to guess uh, we try to guess mystery cigars and things like that. Don't know if uh, don't know if their cigars and and and, and uh, pairings are going to make it uh, because you know the whole half the country is under a blanket of snow. But yeah. uh, we'll see. My stuff my stuff made it in record time. I mailed it on a Saturday. They both got their stuff on a Monday. Equal parts of the Side from the country, so one's yeah. in Jersey and Oregon, it's crazy.
0: Well, I love I love that show that you guys do. I never miss it. It's a marathon, man. Yeah. Strap yourself in. Yeah, it's um, always a good time.
2: So that'll, I guess, that'll be I good. Get
0: those guys on on the show, I haven't had them on, and I feel I regret that. I got to get them on.
2: They're great guests, man. Yeah. Great stuff. Great times. Um, I'm also available on. Uh, you can also catch me on Cigar Coop Primetime Special Edition a couple times a month. Uh, co-hosted co I co-host with uh, Will Cooper. Um, Really, really awesome show. We we have some, you know, more news magazine style of it. We also have some great interviews as well. Uh, I also write reviews for Cigar Dojo uh, as well. So you can catch it out there um, and, uh, you know, and in non-COVID times, I also work retail as well as Michael's Tobacco of Eulis and Michael's Tobacco Killer. Yes. So fully entrenched in the cigar game, as I said. Yes.
0: Absolutely. So uh, for our viewers and listeners, uh, give you an idea Uh, Next week on the 22nd, we're going to talk to Alec and Bradley Rubin. Very excited to hear their story. We've been fortunate to talk to their father, Alan Rubin, the founder of Alec Bradley Cigars. But Alec and Bradley themselves have been just absolutely killing it lately, and we're excited to hear their story. Uh, And then the following week, the big event, episode number 100 of That Cigar Live, on March first, we have none other than Matt Booth live. Oh, in so we are in. we are grateful and excited to have him for episode number one hundred. Uh, I'm not going to lie; I've been I've been after him for a long time, and we finally we finally nailed it down. So uh, March first, episode one hundred. It's going to be an absolute great time with Matt Booth um bear thank you brother so much for spending time with us on episode number 98 we're grateful to you we wish you a phenomenal 2021 and we hope against hope that we can actually find a time to spend some time together in the same room smoking cigars and talking and and uh and enjoying each other's company
2: i'll drink to that yes
1: absolutely
0: so bear thanks for uh being on episode 98 we wish you the best and uh, we hope we can see you soon.
2: Pleasure was all mine, gentlemen. Thank you again for the opportunity.
0: Thanks, Larry.
2: Congrats on on episode 100 upcoming early.
0: Thank you so much. Thank you very much. So for all our viewers and listeners, thanks for spending time with us. If you're listening on the audio podcast after the fact, thank you so much for doing that as well. Uh, Take just a minute and subscribe to the podcast, subscribe to the YouTube channel, and uh, follow us on all social media at hbtcigar.com. And until we see you guys next time, burn cigars. Not bridges. Thanks, guys. Thank you.